IMDb Journey podcast, where not only do we break down one movie from the IMDb Top 250 every fortnight, but we also do various other things, including talking about everything else we've watched. There's games, there's trivia. You know it. You love it. We also do Pod v Pod as well, which is what we're doing today. I'm joined, as usual, by my lovely co-host, Hendo. How are you, mate? Wow, what a lovely 2019 introduction Well, I there. just had a haircut, so... <laughs> oh, fresh. <laughs> you know I mean business. <laughs> Happy New Year, my friend. Happy New Year. Uh, we haven't, haven't had a chat since uh, before Christmas, so Merry Christmas as well to you, my friend. Merry Christmas. How was your Christmas, by the way? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, I travelled about an hour and a half to go somewhere for a few hours, drove an hour and a half back and worked the next day, so wow. it was... I mean, it was work, you know. I mean, yeah. the kids, in fairness, having three young kids makes Christmas that much funner, mm-hmm. as you well know. Absolutely. So, that element of it was great. It's just oh, kind of just... I think I think my job makes me not enjoy Christmas as much because I don't get a break at all. I literally had one day off and worked either side many, many days. And it's hard. Yeah, you know? I understand where you're coming from. Like, I... Have a job that mimics yours. Like the the lead up to Christmas was very stressful at work. I got two days off during Christmas, so I guess I had a bit more of a relaxing time. I did have a very interesting story. It was a somewhat of a Christmas miracle. We recently moved house a couple of months ago, and when we were staying in the ha- the temporary house we were living at, we had to basically give our cat to one of Kira's friends. Yeah. Right? couple of days after we gave the cat to her, she's gone, oh, he's missing. He, he's gone and we can't find him. What a bitch. I mean, you give someone a cat, they have one job. Don't lose it. Well, he, okay, I don't, I don't know the specifics of what happened. <laughs> I do not know. I honestly don't know. But we went searching for him. We couldn't find him. We just had, we chalked it up to he's gone. Like, what can we do here? He wasn't showing up at any, any you know, pounds or shelters. That was it. We had him for nearly 10 years. Like, wow. You know. We, we went with the notion, like, oh, he's probably just living with Gone someone now. Gone to kitty heaven. That's, Gone to a farm, probably. Yeah, something like that. Fast forward to the day before, Christmas Eve, we get a phone call from the local shelter. Hey, we found your cat. <laughs> like, are you serious? It's been like three months. Yeah. So, we picked him up the day after Christmas, and boom, Christmas miracle. We got our cat back. Was he happy to see you? He's happy to see me. Well, that's what I asked. He's, I think he You said happy. it like I asked you a different question then. Is he happy to see you? He was well, happy, to, happy see to see me. He's happy to see everyone. I, I just asked you that. <laughs> I don't think he was happy to see the dog, though. Fair enough. Were they fighting? Like cats and dogs. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> I was pausing for effect and you ruined it. Oh, well. <laughs> nah, that is that is uh, pretty amazing. I must admit, walking in here tonight and seeing that cat sitting there, I was like, <laughs> wow. That is... It is. It's crazy. I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's not weird. It's just, it's so unexpected. Yeah. Like, yeah, you didn't think that was going to happen. I, I'd, I'd written it off. He was, he was gone. And then, yeah, I just couldn't believe it. It was insane. It's amazing you didn't already replace him. You know what would have been real awkward? If you got, like, the kids a new kitten for Christmas Day, and then Christmas Eve, their old cat rocks up. I was like, oh, <laughs> this one's not going to be as popular tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's been three months, and I'm already out of your minds. <laughs> All right, Hendo, what are we doing today? Well, Dean, first podcast of 2019, we've got a new guest for our Pod V Pod 12, and that is Dave from Super Movie Bros. That's going to be a whole lot of fun, I must say. It will be. I feel like this guy is uh, yeah, going to be a really good guest. And after that, we're going to be looking at the answers that you, the listeners, have given us to our question of the week, which is, what is your most anticipated film of 2019? Which will also be our top five this week. 
And then we'll have a look at the results of the grand final in our 1940s tournament. Yeah, we've got It's a Wonderful Life against Casablanca. Let's see who takes the chocolates. Yes, but regardless of that result, Dean has won our bracket already, so he gets to choose a movie for me. Yes, I do, and I can't wait. <laughs> and after that, we'll also be taking a look at the contenders in our next bracket tournament, the best film of the 1950s. And after that, we'll be looking at what else we've been watching for the last three weeks, since we did have a one-week break last week. because we, we just needed to... Work. Re- yeah, we need to work, basically. I was trying to say better way than work. <laughs> no, we need to do our jobs. So. That's right. <laughs> Real life does come first in the end. So, yeah, quick break. We're refreshed, we're ready to go, ready to, ready to tackle 2019 in a big way. Mm. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here and give you a couple of promos from some awesome podcasts out there, and we'll be back on the other side with Pod V Pod 12. Have you ever wondered which movie franchise is best and why? Or why Eric Matthews is the most interesting character on Boy Meets World? Or even how a small town in upstate New York became a hotbed for strange and paranormal activity? Then tune in to a podcast about something as I dig into these subjects and more every Monday with help from a special guest. And stay tuned for a podcast about football where every week of the NFL season we round up the previous week's action and make can't-miss picks against the spread for the following week. After you listen, give us a rating and review, and for more great content, visit our website, apodcastaboutsomething.com, and follow us on Twitter, at APA Something. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your other host, Super Movie Brother Jay. We're a show that talks about movies, talks about beers. I'm the guy that likes big Hollywood blockbusters, Big explosions, big dicks, big tits just being thrown out there in your face. I love your comic book movies. I love your sci-fi movies. This is my co-host, Jay. He's your more indie art house, motherfucker. I'm the guy who likes small dicks, small tits, small independent films that you guys all have never heard of. But we come together to talk about movies and deliver you news on movies. We talk about trailers on movies. We give movie reviews. We're here to bring it all to you with big, hard fucking cocks. And small cocks, too. There's, there's Small cocks need love, too. But you can find us on iTunes, at Super Movie Brothers Podcast. Find us on Twitter, at Super Movie Pod. Check us out. Cheers. All right, it's time to get into Pod V Pod 12, where we invite some of your favorite podcasters on for a variety of movie games. And this week, he's here by himself. Hopefully, he won't do any worse than he would with both of them there. It's Dave from Super Movie Bros. Dave, welcome to the show. Oh, man, thank you for having me. But you are getting a little ahead of yourself because we are not popular in Australia at all. <laughs> it is like it is number 12 of on our on our countries of downloads. Like Ukraine wow. and Germany uh- <laughs> and France are beating Australia for our numbers. It's a little ridiculous. So I'm here because I want to increase my 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 Aussie power. I want some more Aussie downloads, man. Aussie. <laughs> Aussie. You did all right there. Now, well, hopefully we can do that because we are both massive fans of your show, mate. You and Jay that you're fantastic. We listen to every single episode. You guys are an absolute ride on your show. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I'm here alone because Jay had other things to do, but just like everything else on my show, I soldier on, I do it by myself, just like all the editing content and every promotion, I do it all uh, by myself. You, so, you've you, got to get Jay editing. <laughs> I started editing recently because Hendo just said to me, he's like, mate, it's too much, it's too much, you yeah. need to help me. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, all right, and- Jesus Christ. I, I care too much about the quality of my show. I, not so much the content, but at least that, it, that it's not grating and awful to your ears. I could see Jay being the type of guy who'd be like, yeah, that's good enough. I'm going to go watch a Gosling movie in jacket. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So for all those Aussie listeners out there who haven't heard of your show, why don't you tell them what it's about? 
Yeah, so Super Movie Brothers is a podcast that talks about movies. We like to do uh, current event stuff, so we talk about movie news. Uh, we, we do a little chat up front where we catch up with each other, and I usually spend the whole time making fun of Jay. And uh, Jay gets to do his little indie corner reviews. Uh, it's the only little spotlight he gets. We keep him deep, dark in his little tiny corner <laughs> over there. <laughs> uh, and, and we lock him away when we're all done because we can't have another lawsuit. We just can't afford it anymore. <laughs> and then... <laughs> We do new movie reviews, but then also uh, once a month uh, we do a a season-long run of Movie Cocktail where we take a category of films, put up four films, people on Twitter vote for it. The film that wins, we wind up doing a movie cocktail and kind of a big long discussion on the film while we drink that cocktail and most of the time get absolutely wrecked well we love getting wrecked and we love long discussions so <laughs> yeah i think i i think i remember your um batman under the red hood cocktail was that correct yeah the the, the hot toddy named after yeah. jason todd <laughs> yeah that was that was a good one there yeah that was one of your that was made by one of your uh your country mates there by rob from formerly of the fan film boys oh nice okay so why don't we get into it dave let's play our first game here which is our standard movie quiz pop quiz asshole and what we do here is both teams have five questions each per team and one point per quick guess. And the winner is the person with the most points. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I keep explaining it every time. It's such a simple thing. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a quiz. <laughs> it's, it's a quiz. <laughs> I got three right. You got two right. I win. Go that's fuck it. yourself. Yeah, that's right. Done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll ask the first question here, Dave. All right, sir. The first question we got here for you is Oscars. Ooh. I hate the fucking Oscars. I, I, it's an uh, old, long in the tooth institution that I wish would just die. So here we go. <laughs> probably, the, probably the only time you'd wish Jay was here to answer it. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. What film released in two thousand and one won Best Picture at the Academy Awards? Ooh, two thousand one. Uh, fuck, man, I have no clue. I'm just gonna go. Sam Raimi Spider Man. Why not? Right. No, no. no, no. <laughs> that was two thousand two. Also, so <laughs> yeah, that's the reason that wasn't right. <laughs> it was actually a beautiful mind. Oh yeah, well Russell Crowe. I also hate that cunt too. So there's there's no way, <laughs> <laughs> no way I would have hey. gotten that. <laughs> All right, Dean, you can answer the first one. All right, what do you got? All right, man. So this one, it's kind of a softball, man. What film is the first feature film credit for actor Alan Rickman? Die Hard. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> it now has to be. <laughs> I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah. it's more ho, yeah. ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Are you guys doing quickly down under? <laughs> Some men say they were born is. in the wrong century. I think I was born on the wrong continent. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about, Dave. Quigley Down Under? You've never seen Quigley Down Under with Tom Selleck? No, I haven't. And Alan Rickman? The, is it's a is this set in Australia? It's, a, it's set in Australia. You're damn right it is. <laughs> oh, I try and steer away from Australian-based movies. <laughs> there's so many bad ones out there. But for every bad one, there's there's a good like one like proposition, right? Like I mean, proposition's great. Yeah, that yeah, is true. It, that it, is very it's good. great. But I was I I never watched any marketing for that movie, so I thought it was more like a, a like an indecent proposal type movie. I was looking for some <laughs> hardcore softcore you know, like, stuff, you know, where it's just like I got a proposition for it, and it's like all right. Drop the pants. No, oh, this is a cowboy movie with Guy Pierce. Like, did, did I put it in the wrong movie? But it's but it's Guy Pierce, so I'm gonna keep the pants off. 
<laughs> Whoa. Nice. <laughs> All right, hit me with my next one. Go, Dave. All right, in the category of horror thriller, who plays the lead zombie in Warm Bodies? Oh, that is the beast himself, Nicholas Holt. Very Correct. good. All Correct. right, you're on the board, mate. Yeah, Jay would have loved that one. That is his favorite. And when we did top five zombie movies, that was his number one zombie movie. And he almost got excommunicated from my house forever. Wow, really? I yeah. honestly have never seen it. I thought you were say you never heard of it. No, I've heard of it. I've just never seen it. It's not terrible. It's just nothing you ever need to go back to. It didn't even need to exist. No, nothing that warrants a number one spot on a zombie top five, top five list. Doesn't even deserve a slot, period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so All your right. next question, I'll take guys. the second one. Yep, let's do it. Who was originally cast to play Louis Tully, Rick Moranis' character, in 1984's Ghostbusters? I'm so glad I didn't get a Ghostbusters question. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking you go back to that 80s era, I'll take a quick punt here, and I'll say John Candy. 100% was John Candy. Whoa! Wow. Holy shit. 100% guess. Jesus. <laughs> you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> hate you, motherfuckers. <laughs> I do pull one out every once in a while. <laughs> Please not in front of me, though. <laughs> <laughs> you, might, you might want to brush it off before you hand it back over there. Uh, it's going to be covered in shit. It was so far up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the trash talk is flying tonight. <laughs> All right, mate, your third one here. In the category of fantasy sci-fi, Aaron Taylor-Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen played husband and wife in what 2014 movie? Gareth Edwards' Godzilla. Very good. Yeah. Not bad at all, mate. All right. I hated that movie, by the way. Absolutely. I thought it was average at it. best. Jay keeps wanting to talk about... Uh, Godzilla King of Monsters and like all the trailers and stuff that's dropping for it and I was like I just don't fucking care I'm I'm actually agreeing with you here man like I've seen that trailer and everyone's raving and I'm like I don't see what's so good about it yeah I don't when did everyone start like gargling the the kaiju juice like when did that come out and like I missed it like I used to love kaijus when I was like a kid and then like yeah they went away and it wasn't a big deal and then now all of a sudden everyone's like oh my god kaijus are awesome giant monsters that's the shit and I'm like you guys missed the train by like 50 yeah. fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> okay, Dean, you can take the third one here. All right. What film was released in 1984 on the same day as Ghostbusters and was one of two films responsible for the MPAA rating of PG-13? Uh, uh, 84. Was it... Oh, this is so... Uh, oh. What came out in '84? Was that a yawn? Were you using so much brain power that you're that you were like literally your brain was producing there's, there's, exhaust? There's, <laughs> there's there's not much power there. I'm just trying to think of what what was violent for '84 that would be considered okay for kids still. Um. Uh. All right. What about was it Temple of Doom? Temple of Doom was one of those two films that was responsible for the PG-13 rating. However, it was not released on the same day as Ghostbusters. Ugh. What was it? Joe Dante's Gremlins, produced by Steven oh. Spielberg. Wow. Oh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Fair enough. Oh, not bad, not bad. All right. Three questions in, and we're tied. Two each. All right. Now, now, now for my downfall. Oh, we'll see, we'll see. So in the category of animated, who voiced the emoji meh in the emoji movie? Oh, shit. Was it that guy that everyone hates, T.J. Miller? Very good. Yeah, I hate T.J. Miller, too. 
Not because of his, <laughs> not, not not because of his, you know, antics as a drunk or anything. It's just he's he's not funny to me. I just don't find him funny. He seems again. Like, I agree with you. I, I find him annoying. His brand of comedy seems to be like cooking pasta, where you just take a handful of it and chuck it at the wall, and if it sticks, it's done. Yeah, but, but like most of it just falls off. I mean, it's just I couldn't. He's the worst part of of Deadpool, and I was so happy that his role was reduced in Deadpool too. It's just a shame they didn't make Deadpool two better without him. <laughs> Do you like Deadpool two, mate? Uh, yeah. I mean, I liked it. Not as good as the first one, and I realized I don't ever want to do it again. And I just went to Once Upon a Deadpool, and oh, you did, <laughs> yeah. So I went for free. So that's first off. And I've been saying this the whole time. <laughs> this is is it's a hundred percent for money, and they're wearing that on their sleeve. But that's that's still not like okay to say like, hey, we're putting the movie out a second time. Put- no, it's okay because they're telling you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it makes it okay. Make it okay. <laughs> I'm punching you in the face. I'm committing assault, but it's okay because I'm telling you I'm doing it. But uh, the, the thing is, like, this very easily could have been an extra credit. Like, if you bought a, a $10 more uh, Blu-ray, you would have gotten a PG-13 version. Just like for $10 more, you got Black and White Logan last year. Like, why couldn't yeah. they do that? Uh, or, you know, if you really want to see Once Upon a Deadpool, wait two months and all of the Fred Savage clips will be up on YouTube. Just watch those. We'll probably do that. Yeah, that's all you need. Okay, I'll take question four here, Dave. All right. What was the first film credited to be made in Dolby Digital Sound? Oh, fucking hell. I got to really punch the bass on that one. I'm sorry. Dolby Digital Sound. <laughs> Do you know what decade you're thinking? No. I'll tell you the decade. Uh, it was the 1990s. Okay. Oh, uh, well, I was... Uh, uh, I'm good at guessing, fucker. Terminator 2. It was not Terminator 2. I, but <sighs> that is a fantastic guess, because that seems like something that James Cameron would have his filthy little meat mitts all over. But yeah, Absolutely. It was actually Batman Returns. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Hmm. Every, everyone needed to get that... Uh, just, just, just needed to hear everything that was going on in that movie because that movie is extremely, extremely spectacular, right? I, I hate that movie so much. <laughs> really? No, I, I really like. You're, you're, talk, really you're, like you're talking to a Batman super fan here, in Dean. <laughs> oh, I'm a Batman Superman, uh, 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 Batman super fan too, and we'll we'll get to that in my next question. So, all right, hit hit, hit me with the with with my last question. Let's see if I can uh, see if I can survive this one two punch here. Well, if you get this right, you just win. All right. Category of movie quotes. In what film will you hear the following quote? I am not a pirate. More specifically, I am a lawyer. Oh, fuck. Um, shit, man. It sounds super fucking familiar, but like most other things, I probably drank it away. Um, I have no clue. <laughs> I, I, I have no clue. Um, let's just say Lincoln lawyer. Who fucking knows? I don't know. We know. Because <laughs> you have the answer in front of you, you cockmonger. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was actually from Hook. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I don't... I. That's like my least favorite Spielberg movie, but, you know... <gasps> what? It did some stuff. Hook is fantastic. Dave, what the fuck, mate? Yeah, yeah. I, I have a love-hate relationship with most things from the 1990s, so... <laughs> All right, let's see if we can tie this, mate. All right. Uh, we we got to do this, team. we got to do this. What is... The only Batman feature film to receive a 100% audience score on the dreaded RottenTomatoes.com. Fuck, I, I don't never, I never look at Rotten Tomatoes anything. But what do you, what do you think of a curveball here and go Mask of the Phantasm? Do you get something like that? 
audience. The audience, Can you not critics. the question, please? What is the only Batman feature film to receive a 100% audience score on the dreaded RottenTomatoes.com? Right, is Master of Phantasm a feature film? I mean, it's a feature film. Feature film meaning that it was in the movie theaters. Was it in the theaters? No, it was. <laughs> oh, it, it was, you It sure? definitely was released in Well, um, you're the Batman fan, so... Um, I'm just thinking, though... I mean, these questions seem to be somewhat Christmas-themed. But we've already had Batman Returns. Is it Batman Returns? I mean... <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, Final answer. I should have just taken it uh, right there when you said it. <laughs> no, but... I, 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 I feel like it's it's Mask of the Phantasm. Because, I don't know, because I feel like... Because not many people would have... Not many people are going to go on to Rotten Tomatoes and give it a score except for the Batman Super big fans Man, who would have yeah. seen it. So I... I... Alright, now nah, that makes sense. We'll go Mask of the Phantasm. It is Mask of the Phantasm. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> well done. Nice. Which is weird, because now as I'm literally looking it up, uh, before when I looked it up, it said 100% what, it audience score. It says 88% audience score, but I had Last of the Phantasm <laughs> written down. So we'll go with it. But it's crazy. Wow. I looked it up this, I looked it up earlier, and it said that it did not have a, a rotten score, and it didn't have, a, and the audience score was 100%. So uh, we'll go with it. You guys you guys got it. Oh, I'm taking it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no under the now. Red Hood, that, that has a 100% audience score. Or, or Was that one, feature release? 100% <laughs> tomato meter. No, no, that's, ah. that, that's a that's a small. That was a small release only in select theaters. Um, not not a feature film, I'd say. All right, well done, mate. We tied here, three each. All right, three apiece. I'll take it. What a way to start. I don't know. A tie's like sucking okay. your own dick, but you know, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you say that like it's a bad thing. <laughs> I never got there. <laughs> uh, we all tried. <laughs> we all tried. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lads, why don't we get into our second game, which is... Wait a minute. Don't I know you from somewhere? Where both teams have three actors or actresses, and the other team has to guess what are their four known four movies on their IMDb page. Okay. And we, we asked the question first last time. You can ask us first this time, and I'll go first. All right, so I'm I'm naming the actor, and you guys are going to try to pick the the four that are on their IMDb pages. Is that correct? That is correct. All right, let me roll it up here so I can fact check. Now I, I was wondering this while listening to a couple of your episodes here. Um, what if the U.S. IMDb is, it shows different movies than what you guys have? I don't think we've ever had that issue. Fair enough. Jake Johnson is your first one. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to start off with... See, the thing is, IMDb sometimes, sometimes have TV shows on there. He, I think he is absolutely known for New Girl. I, I, th- I'm going to say this first. That is 100% on there, but I actually scrolled over to ignore the TV show. It's the first thing on there. But if you want to, if you want to take the point, the easy lob, you can have it. Or if you want to <laughs> challenge, easy lob, if you want to fucking challenge, take the four <laughs> no <way>. movies. <laughs> No, I want a buffer here. I'm taking it. <laughs> all right, all right. What, what, what are the next three? <laughs> let's go. Let's go with something recent, very recent. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. That because you took New Girl, you don't get that one. That's <laughs> ah, all right. Then it balances out. Then doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it does balance out. <laughs> the other two all that right. are on there are are you? Oh, I thought you were going to give them to me. I was about to. No, 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 we got four guesses. I was going to give you the whole enchilada. <laughs> oh, should have waited. No. All right, I got two more guesses, and I'll go with Jurassic World. Indeed. Nice. You'll never get the last one. Safety not guaranteed. 
How the fuck did you get that? Come on. <laughs> you, you, wow. you literally looking these up as I'm going. No way. No nah, fucking nah, way. Nah, nah, nah. No, listen, I, listen I, up. I just... Listen up. I, I, I came on to what I thought was an honest <laughs> show, and I, I now know it's a rube. <laughs> no, I, I had that, and I had um, 21 Jump Street, but when you said you'll never get this one, I was like, oh, it's safety not guaranteed. So thanks for the help, mate. Ah, uh, you son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> All right, hit me with my first one. I'm definitely not going to get it because doing research on this, I realized everything that I would expect to be there is not there. So, Well, see how you go with this one. The first one for you is Tim Allen. Ooh. Well, I'm going to just start off and say Toy Story's on there. Correct. All right. Uh, then the next one I would think would be on there is The Santa Claus. Correct. Um, there's only one other big one that I can really think that would make it up there. Uh, that was... Critically liked and audiences like it. Will you how much? Uh, Galaxy Quest. Correct. Oh. Doing very well. Going for the fourth here. For the record, Dave, no one's ever got all four. Uh, um, you just did. Two seconds ago. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, you... Spider Verse. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you teased me then, man. Shit. All right. I know he's super known for home improvement, but then he has a new TV show that's out now. Not new, but it's been around for a couple years. Right-winged people here in the States love it. Uh, Last Man Standing. So it's going to be a toss-up between those two. Um, uh, it's. Uh, I, I'm just going to say home improvement because it, it's, it's the thing to put him on the map. So Clean sweep, my friend. You oh, got it. Nailed it. Yes. Nice, well done. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to go thank my scrapbook of Tim Allen stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Super fan, big fan, loved him back in his cocaine days. <laughs> All right, okay, Dean, Dean, we got to, uh, we got to do something here. I feel like we're in a rough spot coming up. All right, you guys ready for your next one here? Yep, go for it. Mahershala Ali. All right, Moonlight. Mm, hold on, double checking right now. Sorry, I, I, I'm just quitting if he's not <laughs> known for Moonlight. <laughs> uh, give me two seconds here. For some reason, he's not showing up on. There he is. All right. Apparently, spelling Mahershala is not as easy as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moonlight is not on there, sir. What? What? The fuck? Are you not, serious? Even when I scroll over on it, it is pretty far down the line. So, I know. Yeesh. That's why I okay. picked it. It's um, it's it's not it's, it's, it's not it's not what you would expect. <laughs> you dodgy bastard. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. We'll uh I'll have a stab as well into the spider verse. Not on there either. Dean, you're so fucking shit. I feel like I need to send you guys a screenshot just so you believe me too. Oh, don't worry. We'll check. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me check right now. <laughs> uh I mean I don't know a lot that he's I'll, in. I'll, 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 give you, I'll give you a hint. There are TV shows on here. Ooh. Oh, he's in... Because um, oh. I feel like that's dodgy that there's two You know, there's two TV shows on here. So I'll let you know that. Two TV shows? Uh-huh. Yeah, I said uh, two. Okay. I know he's in one of the uh, Marvel ones. I'm just trying to remember which one. I'm thinking of the other non-Marvel one. If, if he isn't a Marvel one. I have no idea. I'm gonna stay out of this one. Ah, oh, is it? Is it Luke Cage? He is in Luke Cage. That's one of them. Nice. You got one more guess. You playing the crickets? 
You hear him? Uh, just, yes. <laughs> yes, I will be. Uh, just. Well, uh, we're waiting. <laughs> uh, we usually cut down some of these silences in the show, so this yeah. is, this oh, is usually what it. happens. You got it. You got it. But, but all your talking is just going to, you know, <laughs> tell all the listeners how long this is taking. <laughs> no, Everyone's just, getting right into the psyche. You here. can just cut me out. I mean, all you got to do is keep well. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm, keep, I'm keeping all of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when I do uh, our, our Name That Song in 8-Bits that goes on our Patreon. <laughs> uh, everyone hears the song in 8-Bit, and then they're like, shit. I know, I know that. And then it's like 10 minutes of silence. I had to start putting a uh, 30 second clock on every question. Yeah, nah, I don't know. I got no idea, man. All right. The four <sighs> that are up here are House of Cards, Luke Cage, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and The Place Beyond the Pines. Jeez. Yeah. I had. And then. I was thinking of Predators and Green Book. Yeah, I was, think- I was thinking Green Book. I can't believe I didn't get um, House of Cards. I watched all of that. All right. Back to me. Okay. Dave, uh, you've got a chance here to get really far ahead on this one, and we're giving you Jeffrey Rush. Oh, Jeffrey All right, The King's Speech. Yep. Um, shit. Um, the question is, like, which of the Pirates of the Caribbeans? Like, I got to go with the first one, Curse of the Black Pearl. Very good. Um, man, but he's got to have something, like, something of more substance other than The King's Speech. <laughs> um... Let's go with another Pirates, though. Let's go with the most r- recent Pirates, but the name escapes me. <laughs> um, I know what you're talking about, and you're wrong. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, Jeffrey Rush. Isn't he in the full Monty? That was a huge popular movie back in the day, but I don't think that's going to be it. Um, shit. Um, God damn it. Um, fuck. Oh, you'll be you'll be getting these crickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna be getting the crickets. Um, what was that movie with uh, Ben Affleck? Um, fuck, everyone went nuts for it. it. Had Gwyneth Paltrow in it. Fuck, I remember him being in that. Cause wasn't he? That movie won like a shit ton of Academy Awards. Fuck, fuck. Are you asking us questions? No. Um, <laughs> this is this is my process. <laughs> let, let me have my process. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Shakespeare in Love. Very good. Yes. Fucking hell. Uh, wow. I just had to... All right, this is... You've, you've missed one out of eight so far. This is very <laughs> impressive. The one you missed out on was uh, Quills. Oh, what? Yeah, my thoughts exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah, I didn't never, I've never heard of it, so... It looks like a uh, some sort of period piece oh, with uh, Kate yeah, Winslet. I've seen it. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen Shakespeare in Love once, and I remember, like, Jay going on. He's like, oh, my God, you didn't love that? And I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't love it. And he... I remember him going on about how fantastic uh, everyone was, and I remember him mentioning Jeffrey Rush, but I just couldn't remember the name of that fucking movie to save my life, because <laughs> even though it won the Academy Award in 98, so a bunch of other rubbish has won the Academy Award <laughs> plenty of that times. That is true. So. That is true. Okay, so heading into the last round here, we're, oh jeez, we're on four and you're on seven. All right. So, Dean, we need to get all four. To take the lead, oh God. and then hope that Dave doesn't get at least two of the last one. Dude, it's not going to happen. Uh, uh, well, you're going to eat those words in a minute. Justin Thoreau. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so okay, we're going to talk here, and then we'll. Uh, so if we if we say out a, a movie, don't don't. Uh, okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, speak out. I'll say nothing. I we're going to go TV shows again. Oh, clearly the leftovers. Go leftovers. Okay, so we'll keep that there. 
<laughs> I know he was in The Spy Who Dumped Me recently. <laughs> Maybe we don't say that one. <laughs> uh, do you want to... We'll just quickly at a point here. It has to be leftovers, yeah? Yeah. Okay, we'll go, well, we'll go leftovers. No, I, that's actually the one I was laughing at. It's not the leftovers. Seriously? Okay, we're so fucked here. It's all movies. All movies. It's all movies. All right. Uh, Why am I giving shit. you guys hints? <laughs> we're, we've lost. We're, we're we've lost, now. Dave. Uh, okay. We can only tie here and you still got four chances left. Uh, what else? Um, I know he was in a movie. I can't remember it. I, I think Paul Rubb was in it and he had a beard. I think he was like a bum. Uh, was it that one with Jennifer Aniston? Yeah, I think that's the one. Uh, no idea what it's Wonder, called. Wonderlust? Sound, I'll take your word for it. Go with that one. Uh, Wonderlust? Wonderlust was, is not on here either. Uh, well, kudos for getting the name of the movie. What's the one where he plays the neighbour? And he, oh, he comes over and they have a, a thing. I'm honestly, I'm tapped out. I can't even think of any movies besides that other shit one we spent mentioned before. Oh, maybe that was Wonderlust. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Justin Throw. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, Dean, we've officially lost. We cannot win. What have we got? We've got four right out of Two, two left, and he's on seven. <laughs> <laughs> Mathematically, we are moved to KDO. We're done. Uh, would you, spy would you, who dumped me? <laughs> it, no, it is not the spy who no. dumped me. Would you like them now? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. go on. We'll pass on that last one. No Holland Drive on, uh, from 2001. American Psycho yep. from 2000. Wow. The Girl on the Train from 2016. Oh, and yeah. Charlie's Angels in 2003. Oh, of course. Yes. Yep, so that's the, the theme from. for these, like you guys did get the theme for all my questions. That was obviously all all Christmas adjacent films, all films that take place on or around Christmas time. Um, this one was for all movies that have come out like this week. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and yep. um, Bumblebee. Oh, of course. Yes, Bumblebee. Uh, all right, Dave, for fun, let's see how you can, like. You've, you've obviously won. You've, you've fucking killed us here. But let's give you a, your last one here just to extend that gap. This is the category I was scared about, too. Uh, you got no fear. Here we go. All right, last one is Natalie Portman. All right. Um, Garden State. No. Oh, damn. More of, more of that, please. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be up there. I mean, huge, huge. I, I, all right, let's just go for awards then. Um, Black Swan, right? That was a huge award Correct. winner. Uh, Jackie, that was a huge award yes. winner. Yes. Um, what's the one um, where I, I, I remember the scene, and me and Jay talk about this movie all the time because it's one of the few indie films that I really love, and I remember people said her performance was great in it. She was a stripper. Um, God, Clive Owen is in an argument with, with Julia Roberts, and he's like, and how did he taste? Like you, but sweeter. <laughs> Such a great line. Clive Owen is just enormous in that film. Uh, closer. Closer. Very That's good. Yeah, you got it. Uh, Dave, you run a fucking muck on that one. <laughs> what was the, the last one, one you missed? missed was uh, yeah, V for Vendetta. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess that was like a... I remember people praised her because she shaved her head. What, she was not that good in that movie. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, <laughs> she can do no wrong. Vox Locks just came out, and it, she she did. It's not a great movie. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one yet. I, I, I heard mixed things about it. I'm not, not, not a, one on the not not high indie. on the watch list. I'm not an indie guy. You know, I like really. I couldn't tell. I like I like machine guns, big tits, big explosions, and the occasional <laughs> one liner that makes me laugh. I like cult films a whole lot more than I like awards fair and. Sappy melodramas. Um, I mean, unless there's a lot of sex in the sappy melodrama, then I'll stick it out, you know? 
<laughs> That's why me and Jay do so well together as host and co-host. <laughs> nice, uh, Dave. I got to tell you, uh, you you fucking destroyed us here, mate. This was a this was a, a fantastic showing by you. Twelve possible guesses, and you got ten out of twelve, dude. This was I'm very I, impressed. Like I said, this is the category I was worried most for, uh, because <laughs> like I. I was trying to like study a little bit by going through like IMDBs of like just famous people. I think one of them was Bill Murray and I was going to pick him and then you guys sent me the list of people who have been picked before. Um yeah. and like I wouldn't have guessed like two of them that were on there. I was like, "Oh, that's that's a- these are all these are all Wes Anderson movies. Where's like, you know, Ghostbusters, Groundhog's Day? Where's where's those ones?" Like Exactly. Like that that one was weird. So then I started thinking like I'm I'm going to have to like think not outside the box, but just like awards and and uh critical reviews like i'm not sure if they do it by critical score but i don't know how they do it it's there's there's always some bizarre choices they have on there it's uh it's baffling but that's why the game is so fun yeah that's it so yeah congrats dave on the uh highest score we've ever got in this game <laughs> that's awesome uh i'm gonna take that home yeah. it'll be hard to beat that yeah that's why that's why you should listen to the super movie bros fucking knowledge <laughs> the knowledge useless knowledge <laughs> <laughs> So after the second game, you're up one to a tie. So let's see how the third game goes here. And that is our movie draft. Now, Dave, what did you choose for us this week? Yeah, uh, because me and Jay on our show for th- for this week, uh, our Christmas theme one was Christmas adjacent movies, all movies that take place on or around Christmas with Christmas as kind of like a setting, but Christmas is not a theme in the movie at all. So. Yeah, so I think I think as we go through a couple of these movies, there may be some discussion, uh, uh, but we'll see how we go. We'll yeah, see how we go. yeah, that's I mean that's that's fine as as long as like especially Christmas isn't in the title, Santa Claus isn't in it. Um, then we have like a little bit of leeway, but like I was telling you guys, like, uh, I was talking to my wife and she's like, Oh, home alone. And I was like, no, home alone's a Christmas movie, hundred percent a Christmas movie because there's a speech in the church where they talk about the meaning of fucking Christmas about being with family and stuff. <laughs> so, like that hundred percent is a Christmas movie. So, uh, yeah, as long as you don't go that far, then, then it'll probably work in this category. I think we'll be fine, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. All right. Okay. So. You get all the options here. Who do you want to go first, you or us? Yeah, let's go second here because I'm. Yeah, I'll go second. Okay, cool. Now, who do you want to go first out of us two to pick the first one? Uh, let's go, with Dean. All right, nice. All right, for me, this one's pretty easy. Uh, I'll take Die Hard off the board. That's why I let you guys go first because you think <laughs> it's the best. You think it's the best. <laughs> but my number one Christmas adjacent movie, it's Gremlins. Yeah, okay, we had that right yeah. right at this top section here. We were worried, like, we, when you said we'll go first, I was worried it, it wasn't going to come back to us, so good play, well played. Yeah, yeah, I knew you guys were going to take Die Hard. Everyone, that, that's the sucker's bet. Everyone harps on Die Hard. <laughs> Everyone's been hanging from John McClane's balls, his his jingle bells for all Which these years. Which is why I picked it. <laughs> this is a popular vote. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sick of Die Hard. I love the movie, don't get me wrong, fucking love it perfectly paced like one of the best action movies ever fucking made i wish people would stop right. gargling john mcclain's balls one of the best christmas adjacent movies if i do say so myself it is one of the best christmas <laughs> the adjacent <best>. movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> go ahead guys all right your... what's your second what's your second pick mate oh uh my second pick is going to be lethal weapon Top choice. Top choice there. That was very high up yeah, there. Yeah, 1987, man. I fucking love Lethal Weapon. I like it more than Die Hard, I'll be honest. 
I like it more than Dial. Crazy. <laughs> Not crazy. Shane Shane Black, <laughs> the the buddy cop formula just per fucking fected. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. The the Three Stooges antics along with with drunk suicidal uh, Mel Gibson. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take that all day, all day. <laughs> Not a problem. Not a problem. That's a good choice. It's a good choice. My first pick for the draft. I'm going to take. Uh, oh, jeez. I'm going to go with a l- little bit of a different genre here. I'm going to take comedy. I'm going to take Trading Places. Awesome. That was at the top of my list. That's a. It's such a great movie. Nice. Uh, yeah, I love that film. Endlessly hilarious. All right. Yeah, on go, to Dan. my pick. Uh, I'm going to take one of my favorite movies, LA Confidential. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a sleeper one. Not everyone really, not really everyone gets that one. But yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't sound like you're too high on that one there, Dan. Not, I mean, not really. <laughs> that was actually low on my list. I'm not a huge LA Confidential fan. That's, that's, that's Jay's oh, run. I love it. Uh, a movie I already said I'm not a huge fan of, but Batman Returns. Okay, okay, I'll uh, I'll keep my thoughts on that one silent. You, 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 two, you two can talk about it if you want. <laughs> I mean, it's a great movie. So come on, Christopher Walken, Max Shrek. How can you go wrong? Is it a great movie, or was it well, too much of Tim Burton's? Style. You cannot have too much of a good thing. How have you not learned this yet? <laughs> Has, why, hasn't Disney, why hasn't Disney learned that you can have too much of that good thing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's your fourth pick here, my friend? Uh, mine's going to be In Bruges. Okay, yep. Terrible movie. Oh, I fucking love that movie. I, I've tried like three times to watch it. It's so boring. I haven't seen it. It's, it's, it's worth your time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's high, it's high on their watch list. I, I'm telling you, i just got to get around to it. Actually, what perfect time to watch it during Christmas? There's no better time. That's right. <laughs> okay, my next pick. Oh, jeez. Ah, oh, man, this is... This is a tough one, Dave, I'm telling you. Uh, it's a small category. It keeps it, keeps it nice and tight. Yeah. Toit like tiger. No, I'm going to... Uh, uh, we've gone, we've gone action, we've gone comedy, we've gone noir. I'm going to take noir. romance. Noir. I'm, I'm going to take when Harry met Sally. Noir. It's a good, it's a good. Yeah, that's a. If you're going to pick romance, that's a solid romance to go with. Nice. I was uh, a bit nervous about that one, but good, good to see <laughs> we've got some approval there. <laughs> yeah, uh, when I was doing research for this category, I saw it on a couple lists, uh, so um, yeah, not gonna, not gonna say anything too bad about it <laughs> cool yeah that was that was the one i was intrigued about like if if, if we get that past the marker all right i uh, is it me now no no we got our last one here all right and collaboration for us team what are you what are your thoughts i mean how has no one taken reindeer games you know because it's not even on my list <laughs> uh wasn't even on the radar or any list that i looked up no. <laughs> when coming up with this list <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Like I've got I've got another Shane Black one in my mind. I've got another Tim Burton in my mind, but we've we've already got one of each on there. I got a Shane Black and one th- in my mind too, and I just yeah. might take it. Oh, is that bait? Mind is that games. bait? Mind games. <laughs> I mean, I've got I, I don't oh, man. I do have a specific Kubrick one on there that I just I don't know if it's going to be well received. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that The Shining is Christmas adjacent? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. What do you, what do you what are you thinking, Dean? 
Uh, I mean, we can talk about the movies. You, Dave, you've got your list. You, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure these yeah, are on yeah. there. It, so, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. Like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have places to we're go. Not, we're, not, we're not giving you any new ones yeah, here. It's the last to, to round, so it's not like you're giving me new yeah. ones. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, th- I'm thinking the apartment, that might be a bit too... I don't know, a bit too out there. For yeah, because everyone has seen a 1960s movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, well, You're going to super uh, win the popular vote on that one there. I'll where's the balance between great movie and popular movie? Yeah, don't don't I pick mean, that one. Don't pick yeah. Metropolis either. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. I, I, th- I, think, I think we try and... I'm not, I reckon we fuck with Dave and go kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Uh, I, I think so. I don't think Eyes Wide Shut would be no, a good pick. I'm thinking Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang or Edward uh, Hands. Nah, take Kiss, Kiss, Bang, hey, Bang. Hold on. Just, All right, we're going to do that one. Just for reference... When we did this top five list last night, Jay's number one one was Eyes Wide Shut. So that Ugh. is your measurement for that it's not a popular pick. Because this is the same guy <laughs> that said <laughs> that Warm Bodies was his number one zombie movie. So not, and, and people razzed him for that. So, oh yeah. Not a popular pick. So you guys are going with no. Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang. Yeah, we're going yeah, Kiss, we'll Kiss, bang, kiss, 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 kiss. You guys love the male on man action, don't you? You guys. Love it, don't you? All right, you got You're me scrambling. Jealous you by yourself. <laughs> you got to scram. You got me scrambling a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean that's another Shane Black. Uh, Shane Black loves Christmas, doesn't he? Like, oh, we noticed that. What the fuck is up with this guy? I mean, I could go <laughs> Iron Man three here, but that that that's not well received. I actually like Iron Man three, um, but it's not great. It's it's definitely in the bottom barrel of the MCU movie, so I'm not going to go with that. Uh, yeah, I, I would go, agree with that. I could go with the Long Kiss Good Nights. Um, I could go with a Terry Gillum film, uh, Brazil. Again, in the same theme with the apartment, are we going, how popular is Brazil? Exactly. You know what? Yeah. Uh, here's here's a popular one, and I already have Burton on here, and I don't like Burton, but I'm just going to go with Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, fair enough. Well, that's, I, I, I think know, that's, that's the next one the there. there. Edward Scissorhands. People love that movie. I actually yeah. like Edward Scissorhands uh, because it doesn't look to me like it was directed by Tim Burton. It looks like it was directed by John Waters. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, oh yeah, I can say that. That's that's why I like I, I like all that '50s style in it. There, I mean, there's believe me, uh, the Edward himself looks like he was ripped out of the sketchbook of Tim Burton's you know pervy little mind. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> everything else, the 1950s setting and that 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 the perfect lime green grass that's all over the place yeah. looks like it was ripped out of John Waters' pervy little mind. So. <laughs> Oh, okay, mate. So let's have a look at these teams here. We've got Die Hard, Trading Places, LA Confidential. What the fuck is his acronym? Uh, when Harry Met Sally. That's it. <laughs> when Harry Met Sally and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So memorable that you didn't even remember the shorthand for it. I have a little short, I have a small <laughs> little piece of paper here and I've written WH. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Your team is Gremlins, Lethal Weapon, Batman Returns, In Bruges, and Edward Scissorhands. I'll fly with those boys to battle any day. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like both teams. I think that this is, is going to be a really good one. It's going to be a barn burner. You guys are going to tear down That's the right. internet with this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream. Twitter's going to be set on <laughs> fire. <laughs> okay, so as we alluded to, we will post this uh, draft po- uh, poll 24 hours after we release the episode. And as we're doing right now, it is a blind draft. So we're not going to have any bias here towards, we, you know, the Aussies aren't going to go straight to us because they have no idea who you guys are. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so... Thank you very much, Dave. Yeah, for coming thanks today. so much, man. Oh, it was super fun kicking your ass yeah. in IMDb. Oh, you you destroyed us. Like, <laughs> what's the name that, of your show again? I, what's the name of your show again? <laughs> <laughs> we might 
have to change it now, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Can you just change it well to played. Super Movie Bros Presents? <laughs> Since I owned you in it. <laughs> oh, You're now shit. Fox. I'm Disney. How do you like that now? That's right. <laughs> Okay, mate. Where can the listeners find your podcast? Ah, oh, you can find it anywhere that you stream podcasts. So you can check it out on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, which are our hosting site, and and honestly, anywhere else uh, that that yeah. you can find podcasts. Just search Super Movie Bros. B R O S. Period. Excellent. All right. Once again, Dave. Thank you very much for coming on. It was a it was an absolute blast. We had so much fun today. No, oh, it was it was a blast. Sorry uh, that I, I get so competitive. You know, I just oh no, uh, that, we we love it. We, <laughs> we love, love the competitive that. nature. Yeah, we want more of that. And I need you guys to to get more Australians to listen to my fucking show for Christ's sakes. Because <laughs> well, this is gonna help. <laughs> you know, you know how sad it makes me to look at my Podbean and be like, huh? Why am I so popular in Ukraine? <laughs> what weird fetish am I setting off in the Ukraine? <laughs> hey, they're people too, all right? Don't lose those listeners. <laughs> Do they even know what I'm saying? Like, is it just my <laughs> is it just my voice? Is that what's is that what's getting them? Like, like I have no clue. I have no clue. And then France, they hate everything American over there. So what? <laughs> Well, we got let's just, let's just go with it. it is with your awesome content, and, and we we back it there. the The IMDb Journey podcast, the Australians heavily endorse Super Movie Bros. Check them out; they are absolutely amazing. Yeah, we drink, Thank we curse, much, we mate. fight. It's everything you guys yeah. love. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Ah, uh, it was a pleasure, guys. You guys have a good one. All right. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Bye. All right, let's get into answer my question. The question, jerk. Which is, what is your most anticipated film of 2019? And let's take a look at some answers here. First one here from MN Miller. For me, and because of my admiration, Keanu Reeves finding a new series every seven years to stay relevant, John Wick 3. Next up, from the casual cinecast, and this could be my favourite answer here. <laughs> this may sound dumb, it's not. But I'm most excited for that movie I haven't heard about, but will knock my socks off. 2018, it was Thoroughbreds, and I can't wait for it to happen again. I'm with you there. There's always yeah. movies that come out mainly towards the end of the year. You, I've never heard of right now. I don't know what they are. Yeah, but I reckon at the start of 2018, I wouldn't. Know, I didn't know anything about my top three of the year so far. A podcast about something said Star Wars and Glass. Star Wars is pretty obvious, but Glass looks so awesome. Its trailer is the only ad I don't immediately skip on YouTube. Big call. I really do try and avoid rewatching trailers though. Yeah. I, I try to avoid trailers, but if it's a movie that I know I just will not be able to help myself, yeah. like, you know, the new Avengers or something, I try and just say, all right, watch it once. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. From Michael Dean, huh, my middle name's Michael, I want to say Captain Marvel, but there's no denying it, it's Avengers Endgame. Yeah, Avengers Endgame seemed to be the, the big answer we got along the way here. Mm. Movie Geek and Proud have a couple of films here, It, Us, Endgame, and John Wick 3. Low Carb Monster 8 says John Wick 3. Do you a lot of love for old John Wick, isn't there? There is. Well, they, you know, people love those movies. Hmm. Corey Tatum says Shazam, a character who I never thought they'd ever put on the big screen. Looks very promising. The Lazy Stoner says no real single standout aside from the obvious Avengers Endgame. I'm intrigued by the new Joker movie and the new Godzilla. Can't wait for Glass and the rest of the Marvel flicks. Sam at the Movie Reviews and 20Qs podcast says, Marvel Films, no real surprise there. But more than that, Jojo Rabbit. Taika Waititi just keeps getting better, and this looks insane. Looks awesome. Looks sick, bro. <laughs> the cinema guys say, Godzilla, King of Monsters, is easily my most anticipated movie this year. One here from Kelsey, just Star Wars, and Detective Pikachu for me. 
might give Shazam a chance as well. Hot take here from Kate, probably Captain Marvel. It's going to set up Endgame, and if her character isn't done well, I don't see Endgame being good either. Hmm. Okay. Really resting the fate on the uh, end of... The game. The game. (laughs) Thank you. On uh, Captain Marvel here. Yeah, lots of responses here for Avengers Endgame, but one here from Sal Krachowski. Once upon a time in Hollywood, I'm not missing a film from the man who got me loving film. That's it for Twitter answers. Going on over to our Facebook page, we did get a couple of responses there. From patron Hayden and good friend to the show, got to go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Got one here from our buddy Clint. Hellboy, will a reboot work without Guillermo del Toro? And Zombieland 2, it's been 10 years. Yeah, maybe uh, nine years too long. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Another one here from a recent patron, Georgia, the Loin King. The Loin King? Yeah, it must be, uh, <laughs> you know, a different universe to the Lion King. <laughs> the Loin King. Maybe it's about lambs and how they're eaten. Didn't, loin didn't we just Didn't we just do a podcast on uh, lambs? lambs. <laughs> nah, thanks a lot, Georgia. And finally, from Lucas Allen, Star Wars. All right, thank you very much for your responses, everyone. But, Dean, let's get into our top five anticipated films of 2019. All right, Dean, what's your number five? I was tossing up between a few for the number five spot. My number four are pretty solid. Number five could have gone a few ways. Just decided to go with Joker. Okay. A different take. It should be interesting. I must say, even though it's you know highly anticipated for me, I don't love what I've seen so far, Mm -hmm. but I'm still very, very intrigued because they're going to do a Joker origin story, and I mean, I I can't not. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. I can't not watch it. Like um, I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to watch it with hope that it's great. And Joaquin Phoenix is is a great actor. Yeah, he's in form at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Joker isn't on my list. I mean, no surprises there. What's your number five? My number five is a film, it's a sequel to a film that you couldn't even get through. It's It Chapter 2. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I really loved the first It, and I'm curious to see what they do for the second one. Okay. It's going to be going to be very interesting. Uh, well, I knew you were going to say, eh? You didn't even finish the first chapter. I tried, man. I tried <laughs> like three times to get through it. It's... Oh. Anyway. No, anyway, moving on. Number four. Number four... How can you go past Scorsese, De Niro, Pacino? Whole host of classic Scorsese actors are in this. It's his new film, The Irishman. Yeah, I remember talking about that on our top 10 of 2017. We were talking about anticipated films of 2018. Really? Yeah, and we'll talk, we were talking about that. And like, I'm keen for The Irishman, but then we'll talk about, oh, it, you know, because it's on Netflix, yeah. is that going to hinder it? Yeah. I, I think, think, I think ne- the now. Like, I, I think Netflix has come a long way in the yeah. last year. Yeah, you look at yeah what we said last year at this time, and now it's a lot different to how we view Netflix. No, it, it is for sure. you got a movie like Roma, which is, you know, one of the frontrunners for the Oscars this year. you got movie, even something like Bird Box, which came out recently, mm-hmm. is very high production values. You, it's definitely not the, you know, TV movies that yeah. they would only used to do. Exactly. Well, my number four is the live-action remake of The Lion King. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm curious to see what they do here. Just watch the cartoon. That's what they're going to do. Yeah, I know, but I'm just curious to see how they're going to do it. Again, you know how they're going to do it. Watch the cartoon. They will do shot-for-shot remakes of this thing. They could. Like, <laughs> they exactly what they did with Beauty and the Beast, and you bloody love Beauty and the Beast. Well, I'm a sucker for the music. Having said that, yeah. I love the music for The Loin King as well, so <laughs> <laughs> who knows, maybe. I mean, I'll, I'll probably love it. I, yeah. Like, but it's just, it's so cheap, you know? 
Oh, after three remakes, you, even four remakes, you're finally saying that doing a live-action remake of these films is cheap. When they bang out Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, and The Jungle Book, and now you're like, oh, nah, now, you, now you're crossing the, the line. I love The Jungle Book too, but at least The Jungle Book um, had something different. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how do I... <laughs> I don't know. It just looks... You can't say live-action remake and then produce something that is clearly just CGI. Like, it's It's weird. <laughs> okay, it's we're going to find out. We're what in find this out. movie is live action? I know, I understand. At least I know in what the you're Jungle saying, Book, yeah. you had a boy. Yeah, I know, you I know what you're thing. saying. I know what you're saying. I do agree. But I'm I'm anticipating it. I want to see it. Okay. Number three, Dean. Number three for me. I was tossing up where to put this one. It was always going to be in my top five. Tarantino's latest film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm, with DiCaprio and Brad Margot Pitt, Robbie. Margot Robbie. Looks good. Looks I, good. I mean, for me, it doesn't. Like, it's... The storyline, I don't buy into the cast. You know, like, I love DiCaprio. Margot Robbie's getting a bit old for me now. But you put Tarantino at the helm, it doesn't. he does not miss this guy. Mm-hmm. Except for Death Proof. <laughs> he is, like, he is so good and I'm just, I'm so excited. It's Tarantino. Yeah. I cannot wait to see it today, the yeah. next Tarantino film. Well, fair enough. I would be shocked if this is not on your list. My number three is a film you've already mentioned. It's The Irishman. Yep. Yep. Super keen for that. I mean, just a murderer's role of, you know, director and actors. Yeah. It's, it's going to be... I, I'm really hoping it's going to be fantastic. I hope it works. Yeah, exactly. All right, Dingy, number two. Number two, Star Wars Episode Nine. Okay. I thought about whether or not this should be number three, but I just remember how excited I am for the episodes, not your... Oh, I don't even remember what it's called. Rogue Rogue One. Yep. Not your Rogue One, not your Solo, not those things, but you go to the episodes. Episode 7, I was incredibly excited. Episode 8, equally as excited. I know a lot of people did not like Episode not 8. Not just equally excited, but you you give them both very high praise. Oh, I love these movies. So they, they met your expectations. Absolutely. Yeah, and okay. I, so I, I just, can definitely see why you would have this at number 2. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> How could I not? Yeah. I love I love these Star Wars movies. Yeah. I really do. Well, it's not it's not on my list. But it's, I don't know. I just I'm not. I know you're I'm, not. I'm never anticipating these kind of films. Like I, I do really enjoy the Force Awakens. Last Jedi was okay for me, so I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I'll go see it. But I'm not like you know hanging for it. Yeah, I'm just. It's it's one of those movies where I'll hear that big loud Star Wars thing yeah. at the start. It'll give me tingles. Yep. There's no way it won't. So no, I'm, I'm pumped. Awesome. Well, my number two is Avengers Endgame. I thought you didn't get you know, excited for these sort of blockbustery movies. I can get excited for this one. Oh, okay. I mean, I got super excited for Infinity War. Like, you know, the culmination of 10 years, oh, 11 age. years now coming up. Really want to see how this ends up. I want, to see, I want to see how this game ends. Wow. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Obviously, it's my number one. Yeah, I didn't really say too much because I knew you were about to talk about it. I mean, what's, what's there to say? Yeah. They, they will nail it. There's like, a reason why it was like 90% of the answers from yeah. you guys out there. Yeah, like... You can, yeah, I mean, this is going to be so good. Yeah. It, there's no way this won't be so good. I know. Like, And you're probably going to lose some big names in this absolutely. film as well. And I mean for real, and it's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my number one is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, of course. I mean, Tarantino's the goddamn man. He is. I cannot wait for this one. I'll be there first day, first in line. Let's get to it. It's going to be great. Yeah. And in the spirit of next week's breakdown on Rocky, our question of the week will be, what is your favourite sports movie? A lot of options out there for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Dean, it's time to take a look at the results of the grand final in our 1940s best film tournament, where we had It's a Wonderful Life, the number one seed, against the number two seed, Casablanca. And it really did look like it was going to be a blowout when it started off. But it got very close towards the end. But did not- it? 
Yeah, but not close enough. In the end, 55% to Casablanca. Gee, that did get close. Yeah, I think Casablanca it was like 75% was, yeah, or something. Yeah, it at one point. But yeah, Casablanca did end up taking it. Uh, that was expected, I believe. We both had it to win the bracket. Yep. Yep. Okay, so very good. Casablanca is going to move into our best like overall film tournament uh, later on in the year. Yes. But let's finish off this bracket here with your victory. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. What film are you going to give me? Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a film that we mentioned a few weeks ago, I think, that I was very surprised you hadn't seen. I'm going to go with Philadelphia. Yeah, I knew it was coming. Yeah. We, we did mention that that's I mean, probably it's, the it's one. It's a hole in your film watching. Yes. Library. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah. <laughs> No, okay, fantastic. I'll watch that, and I'll come back to you in a fortnight with my review. Very good. Okay, so let's set up our 1950s tournament here. We've got a couple more films this time instead of eight. We've got 24 films from the 1950s that are in the top 250. Yes, we do. And we're going to do the bracket a little bit different here. Yeah, so we're going to have the top eight seeded are going to go straight to the round two, and the other 16 are going to battle it out to find out which of those eight films are going to go into the second round. So numbers one to eight get a free pass to the second round. So let's take a look at these 24 films in their seated order. Starting from the bottom, at number 24 is The Knights of Kiberia. Number 23, Le Diabolic. At number 22 is The 400 Blows. 21, The Wages of Fear. Next up at number 20 is a film we've spoken about before, Ben-Hur. Uh, <laughs> uh, next up, Tokyo Story. After that, at the 18th spot is Wild Strawberries. Next up, number 17, Dial M for Murder. And another Igmar Bergman film, The Seventh Seal, is at number 16. Yep, number 15, On the Waterfront. 14 is The Bridge on the River Kwai. Ikiru rounds up the top 13. Ikiru? I don't know why I said Ikiru. I know, that's fucking, I know it's Japanese. Swedish. <laughs> Next up in the number 12 spot is another film we've broken down already, Some Like It Hot. Number 11 says All About Eve. Starting off the top 10 is Rashomon. Number nine, yet another film we've broken down, Singing in the Rain. We've done a lot of 50s films already, haven't we? We have, and there's more to come. <laughs> so the top eight that automatically get a pass into the second round, the Alfred Hitchcock film, North by Northwest. Followed by another Alfred Hitchcock film, and yet another film we have already broken down, Vertigo. Coming up in the number six spot is Witness for the Prosecution. And what do you know? Another film we've broken down from the <laughs> 50s, Paths of Glory. Up in the top four here, we have Sunset Boulevard. Number three is Rear Window. Another Hitchcock film. Number two is the Akira Kurosawa classic, Seven Samurai. And number one, seated film of the 50s, 12 Angry Men. This is going to be a very interesting tournament. There's I a feel lot like of good films in there. This will be much more interesting than the 40s. Not to discredit the 40s. There's just much better films in the 50s. I, just, I felt like with the 40s, there was just a glaring number one. I thought, I thought Casablanca was just going to tear it apart from the start. Yeah. But this is going to be a bit more interesting. So we'll start this tournament next week because this week we will have our movie draft poll against Dave from the Super Movie Bros. Okay, we're going to take another break here, give you a couple of promos from some awesome podcasts once again, and we'll be back on the other side with what else we've been watching. The Film Inquiry Podcast Network has taken the talented writers from FilmInquiry.com and given them a new outlet to express their unique and informed opinions. The network has three shows that cover an array of topics. Filmography Inquiry discusses the entire works of your favorite directors or actors, giving each film a thorough examination. Junk About Movies takes new releases and puts a spin on them, creating fun brackets, rankings, trivia contests, and more. Finally, Planet Smollywood covers all the indies you need to know about. 
So subscribe to the Film Inquiry podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at Film Inquiry Pod and visit FilmInquiry.com for the best movie coverage around. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show, to get our name out there, and there are a couple of ways you could help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. You know, let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and all the other podcast catches you can search for, we're probably on there. And hey, if you find one we're not on, let us know so we can fix it. You can contact us on Twitter at imdbjourney, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imdbjourney, our letterboxed page at letterboxd.com slash imdbjourney, or you can email us at imdbjourney at gmail.com. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. And Dean, we've got another great review here on iTunes for us from J. Blake Manor. Great premise, but I come for the knowledge. And these guys have it. The attention to detail is on point. The explorations of these movies are fantastic. Doesn't hurt that they are hilarious. Aw, thank you. I appreciate that. Or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, then why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down other films not on the IMDb Top 250. Yeah, that's right. What have we got coming up this week, Kendo? Well, Dean, we missed a week on the main show, but we didn't miss a week on the Patreon. So last week we did bring out our first film in the Edgar Wright series, Shaun of the Dead. And this week we'll be bringing up the second of his films, Hot Fuzz. Yep, sounds like fun. Just want to give a shout out to our two newest patrons, Miss Georgia Watson and today's special guest, Dave from the Super Movie Bros. Yeah, we really, really do appreciate you guys jumping on board and becoming patrons. Supporting we, the yeah, show. It's it's fantastic. We, we absolutely 100% love you and appreciate it. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. Do you like podcasts? Do you like listening to podcasts? Do you have ears? Do you like Justin and Chrissy? The That's our names. I know. We have a podcast. It's called So I Married a Movie Geek. Check out this clip where we talk Star Wars sex. No! This is I don't know how to explain this articulately, but the what quote unquote gives me lady boners as far as this goes is not a person and not like especially not like a guy where you know like hair support or, or Luke or you know even if I swung the other way and said, Ooh Leia. What do you watch? Two Ewoks like stacked on top of each other. I mean little double Ewoks. If I if if I were gonna go that route, I would just go for Chewbacca. Like, why do I need two stacked on top of each other? I can have Chewbacca. So you like movies? Do you like good times? Check us out. We're so I married a movie geek at Movie Geekcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, Stitcher, all those other things. We'll see you at the movies. All right, before we get into what else we've been watching, just a quick reminder: we won't be spoiling the movies from here on in. So have no fear. Okay, Dean, how many have you seen recently? Seen 11. What about you, Hendo? I myself have also seen 11. So why don't we kick it off with you first, friend? What's your number 11 film this time? My number 11 film is Mary Poppins Returns. I honestly can't remember why we kept most of this stuff to begin with. Don't you remember that case? 
I used to love flying that with mother and father. Those days are long behind me. Okay, disappointing at number eleven. Yeah, it is disappointing. I I was a big fan of the original Mary Poppins growing up. I watched it a lot. You weren't though, were you? No, I only watched it uh, recently. Yeah. yeah, you made me watch it yeah, about okay. halfway through last year. Yeah. Gee, I wonder how you'll view this film, having not been a lover of the original. But for me, having been a lover of the original, I mean, it wasn't bad. All right, I can watch this. I can sit there and say what they are doing. I can appreciate they're doing very, very well. Okay. And what they're doing is basically putting on a musical Broadway show as a film. That's what this is. There is much, much more singing and dancing numbers than I expected. What do you you give it? I give it two and a half. Okay. I was almost going to give it a three, but honestly, it's not for me. I I didn't overly enjoy it. There are a few aspects of it that I could appreciate. I could appreciate this film more than actually like it. Okay. I took my two young daughters to see it, and even watching it with them, like, they didn't say anything negative, obviously, but I sort of felt like, gee, they must be bored watching this. Were they? I mean, it goes for over two hours. It's a oh, very, really? It's a very long film. I didn't know it was that long. Uh, and it's set in dirty old London, and no, it, like, <laughs> it is. I don't mean that as London's dirty and old. I mean, it's literally set when London was very dirty. Emily Blunt does her very best in this role. She's, I would describe her as serviceable here. Not bad, but you're never going to live up to Julie Andrews. She does play the character a bit stricter, which apparently is closer to the original source material. And there's, I don't know, there's elements to it that I feel didn't work. Lin-Manuel Miranda, who apparently is an enormous name in Broadway. Broadway. Hamilton is a big deal in America. I'm, I'm Australian, man. I've never even heard of this thing. Yeah, mate. Um, I only, I mean, I only know Lin Manuel Miranda from his turn on Curb, Curb, Your, Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm, where he plays against type. Yeah. He plays a, you know, basically a complete asshole on that. But here he plays a very lovable guy. I mean, all the performances are great. The singing's great. The dancing's great. If you're into it, you know, just I wasn't the target audience, but it was, it was fine. I'm going to take my two kids to see it uh, coming up. So I'm interested. I'm interested to, to see it. Bring snacks. <laughs> okay. All right, Hendo, what's your number 11 film? My number 11 film is the only film out of these 11 that I would not recommend. So I've had a a pretty good run here. This one is Smallfoot. Okay. Yeah. It's a kid's film about a group of yetis who think that humans are the the yetis to them. They're the small feet. So there's a whole big thing here about got to stay away from the humans. Yeah, it's it's a kid's animated, you know, know, quote, quote, unquote, comedy. It's got Channing Tatum as the, the main voice. I didn't even realise was the main voice for a while. You know, I mean, what, I, you know what I found out though? What? The, the human's voice is bloody James Corden. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it was just great. You're like, nails on a chalkboard, that bloody voice. I don't know. It's just, uh, I just didn't find it enjoyable. Like, I think the kids might have liked it. Probably not as much as I would assume they would for a film like this. I got, I drifted a lot during this film. It, it's just, it's a blah. It's just one of those it's a two-star animated film. Yep. Yeah. Didn't really do it for me. There's, I could, I could definitely see some like kind of uh, religious tones as well. The kids' film. Yeah, like it's, 
it's like this the the chief of the yetis right he has covered everyone with this knowledge that they live up up in the clouds by themselves and they have to live off these stones that have the rules and one of these one of these stones turns out to be false and they're like oh no 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 that that's not right like they they it's kind of religion and their rules to cloud them uh against uh, other religious beliefs it's 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 a bit wonky i yeah. didn't really look too much into it because i didn't enjoy the film I would say skip it. Okay. Number 10, sir. My number 10 film is the last film I wouldn't recommend from this list for me as well, so I've had a pretty decent run, is Wildlife, which is Paul Dano's directorial debut. Does it have something to do with the fact you don't like Paul Dano? I didn't realize that that was uh, such common knowledge for you. For me, mate, I know a lot. I don't like Paul Dano. Why don't I like him? It's just weird. (laughs) I mean, he's in in There Will Be Blood, so that's a tick, but he's kind of weird. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Swiss Army Man didn't help him. You were saying wildlife. <sighs> Something I really want to see. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is stars Carrie Mulligan and Jake Gyllenhaal. They play a married couple with a son, and you basically see the story from the son's point of view. And what transpires basically is, without spoiling it, Jake Gyllenhaal goes off to fight some fires. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is about how Carrie Mulligan's character reacts to that and how the son reacts to basically how she reacts to it, if that makes sense. It starts off really strong. Like, I did really like the start. It sets up a really realistic family dynamic. Mm-hmm. And the son is, is, he's got character. Like, he's not charismatic. But he's, he's someone that you can sort of relate to. Like, this is a real person. And problem is, like, Jake Gyllenhaal, when he goes, he goes. Like, this is a Carrie Mulligan film more than anything else. Oh, really? Like, and he's not in it a lot? No, not nearly as much as I thought. He's, yeah. I mean, it's those two on the poster. Yeah, it is. Um, the problem I have with it, though, is that I just really did not like Carrie Mulligan's character. And I sort of, I think... Are you supposed to not like her? I don't know. I don't know. Is it the performance? I used to really, really like Carrie Mulligan. Used to? Well, I really like an education. I like her in Great Gatsby. She's, shame. I like her in Shame. Yeah. She's really good in that. This is just such a standard, boring role. It's it's a bit boring. That's probably my biggest issue. It's a bit boring. And whilst there are some redeeming qualities to it, there's a lot of scenes where you just you don't enjoy watching them. Okay. Uh, I'm still watching it. Yeah, of of course, of course. Watch it. You'll probably give it um, a very positive review. It's a small film. Like, yeah, it yeah. reminded yeah. me a lot of Kindergarten Teacher, probably because... I was honestly thinking Kindergarten Teacher. Yeah, it, it is sort of like, that. It is setting up to for me right now. You're talking about it. I'm going to go watch it like, yeah, 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 all right. Uh, it's it's better than Kindergarten Teacher. I, I think oh, I gave I have that no a doubt. two and a half as well, but maybe I gave that a two. But it's definitely better than Kindergarten Teacher, but... Yeah, it just it just slightly missed the mark for me. Okay, fair enough. All right, what's your number ten? My number ten film is mid nineties. Okay, all right. I also watched this film. You did. Um, and I have this much higher on my list. Okay. Well, I still recommend. It. I still I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. So this isn't going to be one of these big argument type of things. Like we both liked the film. You liked it a, lot, uh, a bit more than I did, though. Yeah, a bit more. Like yeah. I'm not. <laughs> You know, I'm not giving it five stars or four and a half. I give it four stars. I okay. think it's a. Yeah, I gave it a three. Yeah, I think it's a very good movie. It's Jonah Hill's again directorial debut, I believe. Yes. It's about a young kid. How old would you say this kid is? Ten. I'm pretty sure they say he's ten in the film. Wow, 
10. It's about this young kid. He goes through, through some stuff <laughs> yeah, for a 10-year-old. He does. He really does. Uh, and he, it's, it's about him really finding who he is and growing up in, would you guess it, the mid-90s. Absolutely. There is a massive amount of 90s references thrown in, particularly in the first act. Do you feel like there's a bit too much? Is it more like, hey, this is mid-90s. Listen, look at all this stuff. I mean, I can, honestly, I can understand why someone would say that, but I did not. It had the effect on me, I think, that it wanted to, where I saw it, I was like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Hey, that was me. You know, like, <laughs> I, that's how it was for me. I was watching, I was like, yes, 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 this is 90s, and it, it captured it, but more than that, like, throw away all the, you know, cheap nostalgia, love that you can get. More than that, this kid and his journey, I just feel it's so relatable. This journey of someone who doesn't have a place, doesn't know who he is or what he can do. And to find, to find a group of friends that maybe, you know, the parents might not approve of. But these are people. These who, are his friends. These, these are the are people his, he's connected with. These, are, yeah, you said it right. Yeah. These are who he's connected with, and to see what he'll do to, you know, fold to peer pressure and then sort of move on from that and go to the next level. It's I found it very, very touching and very, very believable. Like, and for what this kid goes through. It's. I really enjoyed watching it. I think the script is 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 actually pretty good. Like I've heard a lot of things that people say. Oh, it's too vulgar. It's like it's. No, it's, it's clearly a Jonah Hill script. Like that, no, that's, that, that, no, that, that, no, I reckon that is how people. That's how they talk in the like the young yes. kids. Yeah, I'm so glad you yeah. said that because I, I thought you I'm were going to okay go the other that. way. No, no, this I'm okay is with how that. people talk. Yeah, this is how the like this is how these kids talk. This is like yeah. kids in the nineties. You, know, you know, ten to fifteen year olds. They're going to talk like this. Yeah. So that's fine. That didn't bother me at all. Um. I don't know. I feel like there was a couple of things that didn't end up happening that sort of got pushed aside. Like, I think Lucas Hedges, as his brother, just was just a waste. Like, he just- I mean, he, do you rate him? No, not, not just not just Lucas Hedges, but the character. Like, he just- it didn't go anywhere, and it, it, it chewed up the time because it didn't go I to the place I think the scenes. To. I think the scenes with his brother were some of the best. I think the mum got underused as well. I really like the mum as well. Like, her- this is not their story. This is this boy's story and the way but that- But they need to be a big pivotal part of it and I don't think they are as much as they should have been. Yeah, I don't think they are, should be a pivotal part. They are the the peripherals to what's going on in this boy's life, to what's important to him. They are not important to him. He does, at this age, in what this kid's going through, these are not what he's thinking about and concerned about. When they come in, it's because they're forced to come in. He does not actively seek them out. Every time they make an appearance, it's because they're forcing themselves into his life. And I felt that the way it was shot and the choices to have them included quite sparingly, even though they are, you know, semi well known actors, was clever. Okay. And brave. Fair enough. Yeah, you've got some you got some good points there. I feel like the the, the, the relationship between one of the friends, the 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 first one, that definitely just got cut. Like halfway through, like that, he just disappeared out of this film, and it's like it never really got resolved. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like that went in the way it should have as well. Like there was several different relationships. There were some really good, strong relationships here between a couple of the characters. I just felt there was a couple that 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 either split off into the ways they shouldn't, or they didn't even go, they didn't go anywhere. And I feel like that's where it lowered it for me. It's just a lot of stuff just ended, and there was no real continuation of where where it should have gone. See, I know what you're talking about. Obviously, it's tricky because we're not, we don't want to spoil it, yeah. but 
I disagree with you. Yeah, I know, no, you I, know I know the the friendship you're talking about, obviously, and I feel like that as well is something that's quite realistic. And you don't need some big Hollywood ending. I didn't for- say you need a big no, Hollywood I know, ending. I know you didn't use those words, but you want some perfect closure for it. I felt the way that the movie closed out was suitable and believable. I did. There were a couple of great shots that I saw in here, in particular, like a weird little snap cut in a very key moment towards the end. Oh, like a massive... Is this where I jumped? Like, oh, I, I think it would have been. scare. Yeah, I didn't know what had happened. I was like... Did, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Fantastic scene. Yeah, so overall, I do, I did like this film. I enjoyed watching it. I did have a couple of problems with it. You obviously liked it a bit more, and those problems didn't affect you in any way. Well, I didn't see them as problems. Exactly, it's not that exactly. Yeah, okay. They didn't Fair affect enough. me. Yeah. They weren't problems. To you. They were to me, but overall, we'd both recommend it, clearly. Yeah, absolutely. couple of reviews here on Twitter from a casual cinecast. I was a big fan of the tone, cinematography, performances, and general love for 90s skateboarding culture. But in the end, I was left wanting more character development and more of a thesis statement or idea to walk away with. I give it 8 out of 10. Thanks, Justin. Got one here from I, Simon. It's fantastic. And JD from the In Session Film Podcast agrees. It's quite good. All right, Dean, what's your number nine film? My number nine film is Ralph Breaks the Internet. I watched this too. I have this a bit higher, but I feel like it's almost the same rating. I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three and a half. All right, Dean, what'd you you think of it? Tell us what you thought of it. Fine. It's good. Yep. It's good. (laughs) Yep. It's not... (laughs) You know, like the way that it, it deals with the internet and all their little quirks and, you know, even like going to Twitter, you got the tweets everywhere, going to... The pop-ups I thought was really funny at first. They did overkill it a bit, but in general it was pretty good. Just didn't get a lot from the characters. At the end of the day, I felt like it was just... It's definitely rehashing this, like, almost the same story from the first one. Yeah, it's just a lot of bright colours just thrown at you again and again and again. John C. Riley fits the character of Ralph really, really well. You can see why it's worked for the first one and why they've gone with a sequel, but... I just didn't care. At the I end of the like, day, it, like was, the, it was enjoyable enough. Yeah. I, was, yeah, I was never bored watching it. I did feel like the, the big part of this film is the internet. Like, you know, Disney, Google, you know, yeah. YouTube. Like, yeah. And it was all about that. And that's fun to watch. In the, like, but in the end, it really is just a rehash of the friendship story between, what's her name? The girl. Girl. Princess someone. Sparkle. Something like that. And Ralph. And it was just, yeah, a nice, fun, kids loved it, which is great. And yeah, quite enjoyable. Yep. Okay, we have some reviews here. First one from Watch a Movie. I laughed so much during this one. I really enjoyed the way they use pretty much what the internet is as a plot device. From Kevin Brackett. Very clever use of the internet to expand the world created in the first film. Really enjoyed this one. That musical number written by Alan Menken is incredible. And the princesses steal the show. I want a whole movie with all of them. Yeah, I must admit, the scene with the uh, Disney princesses altogether was probably the best scene. Yep, fair enough. Corey Tatum says, amazing! This movie is what all sequels should aspire to do. You take the original property that was good, keep all the great chemistry and magic, but enhance it. It's so clever and funny, and I love the emotional message about friendships. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Jeez, Corey. That is positive. (laughs) From the cinema, guys, a fun movie chalked full of pop culture internet references. Oh, and the princesses steal the show. Discount Ansel Elgort says, I really liked it. The first Wreck-It Ralph was actually my top film of 2012, and this didn't disappoint. Had a nice mix of kid and adult jokes, internet insights, and decent message about friendship. Was my top animated of the year, personally. 
Fair enough. All right, Hendo, what's your number nine film? My number nine film is the 2018 version of Halloween. Finally watched it. It was okay. I'm not, like I always say, I'm not a horror guy. I, you know, I enjoyed it. It was fun enough. You know, a couple of good kills in there. You gave it three and a half, yeah? Yeah, three and a half. I think that's really good from you. Yeah. I mean, it was enjoyable enough. I think you giving a horror movie three and a half is a pretty, pretty decent rating. Well, I give Hereditary four and a half. Is that a horror? What? Thriller. Oh, mate, you're so off point on that one. <laughs> Dial it back, would you? <laughs> anyway, this film is fine. I enjoyed it. The The problem with the film is there's just so many people that you, you feel like they're getting set up as a genuine character and they're just dead straight away. Like, there's so many people that they start to give some development to. You know, you get a couple little bit of backstory. Oh, they're dead. Yeah, unexpected. Really played with audiences' no. expectations. I don't think it was that at well, all. I, I do, because you didn't expect it. No, it wasn't so you much I expected. It was like, oh, that's these characters. It. Oh, they're dead. I don't oh, no. Love. I don't know about made love. You, made you care about these people, and then they killed them. No. Really sucker punched you there. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I think so. No. I, I think most of the characters were underused, basically theirs, red shirts. I don't want to spoil who, obviously. It was fine. All right. Okay, we have two reviews here for Halloween. One from Rob at the Ghost of the Stratosphere podcast. Not bad, but barely memorable. The super weird heel turn by the spoiler spoiler is absurd and just past the runtime. <laughs> I don't remember disliking it, though. And we have a review here. What well, kind of a review here? We have it from Sam from the Movie Reviews and 20 Qs podcast. He's given his number rating out of 10,000, as he does on his show, for several of the movies we're talking about here. And his rating for Halloween is... 69.87 out of 10,000. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Okay, moving back to you, Dean. What's your number eight? Roma. Roma. Okay, I also saw this. Let's talk about it now. <laughs> that was a bit aggressive. I apologize. Just relax. <laughs> Jesus. Yes, we shall talk about it now. <laughs> uh, Roma. Okay, so this is a film going into it. I knew had received enormously high critical acclaim. For a long time, it was the highest rated film on Letterboxd. And when it came out, released on Netflix, I was, I guess, excited to see it. Like, Yeah, how could you not be? Like, There's so much buzz about it. There was a lot of buzz. Uh, a lot of Oscar talks, as I think we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. But it's a, I mean, it's a small movie about a maid. Yep, a maid in Mexico, I think in the... The 70s, I believe. Yep. It is... I mean, there's no way around it. It is definitely a slow movie. It's designed that way. It's Of course, yeah. It is meant to look at the more sort of minor elements to basically this this main woman's life. Yeah, it's not it's not a flashy film. Like there's No, it's no f- Yeah, it's no it's a, it's, a, it's just a reg- it's a it's a story. Like just a, a normal story about a maid in Mexico and the family she works for. Yeah, absolutely. The dynamics between the employer and the employee have some interesting elements to it in that you really don't know where the employer is going to go sometimes. Yeah. You sort of think maybe they're going to be positive with them and they'll be negative and vice versa. That was a bit interesting. I, th- I think the I think the overall star of this film is Alphonse Cuaron. Is the camera work. The cinematography is just pristine. It, it is amazing. Oh, it is. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't stop watching just the the camera work that this he's got. Camera here. work. He does it a lot where he'll just have the camera slowly go on a I guess a circular sort of trek yeah. through rooms and you'll see you'll see various things going on as the camera sort of lots moves. Lots of by. long one shot takes. Yeah, yeah. In, pa- of- in particular, 
a scene at the beach towards the end, which is honestly one of my favorite scenes of the year. That that scene at the beach, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about, is just fantastic. It it got me. It was so good. Yeah, okay. See, I had no scene in this movie where I, I was blown away by. Um, I know the scene you're talking about, but it's... You know. Can I suggest one more scene that really stood out for me? Was it when she picks up all the dog poo? No, not that. I know what you're thinking. Which time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about a scene at the hospital. Yeah, it was okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Hard to impress this man. <sighs> I, th- I, I thought there was a lot of emotionality to this film along the way. It, it did get me at points. Like, okay, the first half, the first hour... It's it's a slog. It's it's a it's a fair struggle to get through. Yeah. But I feel like the second half definitely picks up. The, the story starts to go a couple of places. It intrigued me. It kept my interest. In a way, it's kind of like Mandy to me. Like that first half is hard to get through, but that second half. No, I don't. Is- I don't see that at all. I don't see there being a massive difference between the first half and the second half. I thought there was. It was slow, but I wasn't honestly overly bored by it. You sort of just. It's a film you watch and you appreciate again. It's it's just as an entertainment property, just didn't work for me. Uh, okay, so in, yeah, in terms of entertainment, it's definitely not that one you're going to be rewatching over and over to be oh, to enjoy yourself. Yeah. But in terms of a you know showing off the skills of a filmmaker, it's it's up there. It really is, and that's what I enjoyed out of it. Okay, like what do you give it? Three. Okay, I give I give it a three and a half. I don't know. To be honest, I feel like you're influenced by how great everyone says it is. To put it to a three and a half? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No, I think that's more of a conversation if I put it to a four or a four and a half. A three and a half is just, still just a fine film for me. The first half of this film drops it down for me. What did you give Mandy? Two and a half. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. The film that you mostly uh, relate this one to. In terms of the, the halves being split, I appreciate this film a lot more. Okay. Couple of reviews on Twitter here from Kathia Woods. Brilliant. One word. That's all you need. Brilliant. From the art of the sea, it's a beautiful, emotional, and intimate film that celebrates the complexity of life and honours the small moments. Small is right. Sam gives his number here 9,456 out of 10,000. That is a big number, my friend. What are you doing, Sam? <laughs> Jeez, try Dean, doing a, Dean try is doing not a, happy. Try answering 20 questions on that film. I do. <laughs> <laughs> JD at In Session Film says, Roma is a masterpiece. Uh, thank you very much for your reviews there, everyone. Okay, my number eight film is another Netflix original film here, Bird Box. And judging by the look on your face, I think you forgot to put it in your list. Well, usual fashion with <laughs> me. I did this act- is the third time now in, in like two <laughs> I'm months. I'm sorry, Hedo. Okay, I am sorry. Oh, man. Where would you put this then? I would put this next on my list. Oh, how convenient. No, I <laughs> no, I actually, I actually would. Uh, yeah, so I watched it last night. It's it's too long. What did you think? I, I think there might have been an issue for me personally with the, the structure of the, the film. The structure, yeah. The structure is off-putting. Yeah, it definitely changes tone back and forth, and it really took me out of the film. Yeah. That, being, that being said, I still enjoyed it. Like, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I enjoyed it more than I expected. Yeah. Uh, I had pretty low expectations going into this. I think Sandra Bullock was really good I don't like film. Sandra Bullock. But did you um, like her in this film? Yeah, I thought she was all right in this film. Yeah. She wasn't as Sandra Bullock is normal. How good is John Malkovich? John Malkovich. Malkovich. <laughs> yeah. I did not know he was in this film. Oh, I didn't know anyone was in this film. Uh, that guy from uh, Moonlight. Sarah Paulson was in it as well. You talk about Trevante Rhodes. That's all right. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, the cast, the cast is good. Yeah. But I mean, it's just so... It's, it's far too much like The Happening. 
Well, I don't know if you know this, but this book was done before The Happening even came out. I thought you were going to say they were both based on the same source material. No, I don't think so. I did think of The Happening as well. But How then- can you not? I mean, this yeah, wind, okay. but- the leaves blow and people try and kill themselves. But do we discredit this film, even though the book that the source material is based off came out years and years and years before The Happening was made? I don't discredit it because it's like The Happening. I discredit it because... It has elements to it which are ridiculous, which is why the happening didn't work as well. Uh, like, I think I think the happening didn't work for a different reason. Yeah, I mean, the happening obviously is nowhere near as good as this, but this whole invisible, I mean, monster, I guess it is, okay. this thing that makes people kill themselves, it's never explained. There's never really a fear to it. And it's, these it's, people there, that, is, there is a bit that he it kind of explains it. The, these people that can see it as well, that's never explained how they are not how they're able to survive and how they're able to like pretend to be normal but then a second later they're crazy it's just it's yeah that I didn't get there's that, a that lot part. of weird elements that didn't quite work for me in this film yeah I agree I do agree actually but production values are clearly very high it's a really really good looking film and even though the tone shifts are a bit jarring from the two storylines that are running concurrently I did like both storylines. Yeah. It just, I feel like the problem is there's not enough story for either to be one film. And the one, the first storyline that takes place in more the past is pretty standard as well, where you get an apocalypse and a group band together. Yeah. It's just, okay, we've seen it so many times. I wish they'd focused a lot more on just the, the river trip. Yeah. 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 If they'd, if they had a lot more of that with maybe a, a couple of little, f- like, flashbacks of what had happened, uh, maybe, it would have been a lot better. I love the like some of the the scenes between Sandra Bullock and the kids, especially the young girl. There's there's the, what I say. Oh, I can't, God, I can't believe I didn't you get said that. The young girl. Yeah. And her, her name well, is girl. In I didn't. Film, I can't so. believe I didn't get that. Yeah. yeah. Good, good good call there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, some of those scenes, especially when there's a decision that she's going to be making, yeah, that was that was intense. That was that very was, emotional. That was intense. Yeah. I think also what lets it down a little bit is the ending as well. I didn't really buy it. I guess. Bit flat. Bit yeah. Flat. Uh, still, I liked it. Yeah, I, yeah. I did too. There's did problems, too. but you know, you can enjoy a film that has problems. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, being that this was a Netflix original that just came out, a lot of people have seen this, so we do have some reviews here for you. The first one here from what a name, Pull Up Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> I really had fun with this movie. The tension is real and consistent throughout. Bullock carries the thriller well with good support from veteran Malkovich and newbie Trevante Rhodes. The movie's plot stirred great conversation with my friends and made for some hilarious memes. 7 out of 10. From Movie Geek and Proud, Bird Box was good and entertaining. A little gimmicky given its predecessors, The Happening and Quiet Place, edge of your seat and human social dynamic pacing that I always enjoy. I have a gripe about one thing that I can't say because of spoilers, but overall, not a bad movie. Well, we've mentioned about predecessors and the happening. Did you relate this at all to A Quiet Place? Oh, yeah. Really? I didn't relate it at all. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay. Nah, 100%. I didn't think about A Quiet Place at all. Oh, no, nah, 100% happening in A Quiet Place. Okay. I thought of the happening, but like, nothing about puts a blindfold on, don't make a sound, you know? Blah, blah, blah. It's, and firstly, like, why? What yeah, difference does it make I, if they make a sound? Yeah, exactly. That's why I didn't think about it. At least it. in A Quiet Place, there's actual consequences. Yes, of course. Anyway, moving on. Next one here from the Feel and Film Podcast. Best parts of this film are still just it being an inferior version of The Mist. 
The time jumps caused it to have zero momentum sustained, meaningful ending, but Journey is boring. Travante Rhodes is incredible and needs a project worthy of his talent. Malkovich, good too. Crazy! From Corey Tatum, it's good for the first one hour, and then I was disappointed. What saves this movie is the acting. Great cast, but where this movie fails is not delivering on the plot device. Where's the creature? What does this film mean? That's lazy writing. Okay. And again, going back to Sam, his number is 4567 out of 10,000. It's pretty low. It is. It is a touch low. All right, Dean, we've just found out that's your new number eight. It is. Sorry, what? Roma. <laughs> What's your number seven? Bad Times at the El Royale. Ah, okay. What do you think of it, my friend? Eh. Yeah. Yeah, like it. Is I, this I, fine? I, it like... should have been better. Yep. Had potential. The reason it's quite high and better than a few other films is just basically the cast. The cast is great, and the look of the film is pretty top-notch. It is a little, as I think you said, and I'm sure other people have said, it's a bit wannabe Tarantino. Mm -hmm. I felt Chris Hemsworth was not great in it. Uh, For the small role he has. Yeah, but that whole, the whole third act, again, it fell apart for me a fair bit. I like the mystery more than anything, and sort of once everything's revealed and then there's more to it, it's you sort of lose interest. Okay, yeah. Um, the best part was probably the opening scene when they're all going into the the El Royale, mm-hmm. and you got all these different characters sort of sussing each other out. There are a few good uh, storytelling devices, different perspectives, different timelines and stuff. It's all it's interesting. It's a bit long, but it wasn't that much of an issue. It's really just. The third act let it down for me once everything was revealed. So, is it a good, like, one-and-done film? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never going back to this. (laughs) Not ever, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, fair enough. Just got the one review here from, again, Corey Tatum. Appreciate your uh, reviews here, Corey. Loves a review, this guy. (laughs) Bad Times at the Owl Royale is actually a great time. A fantastic film noir mystery set in the late 1960s with a phenomenal cast and great direction. A mystery that you won't see coming the whole way through. Only negative is it's a bit long and the pacing could have been quicker. Fair enough. Thanks, Corey. All right, on to your number seven, I believe, Hendo. Green Book. Oh, it's my number six. Wow. That was a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> no, it's, it's fair. It's yeah. a fair reaction. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, this film is... I, I said it on my letterbox. It just feels like Oscar bait. Cookie cutter Oscar bait. It is so fucking corny. I just felt like everything just works. Yeah. Everything works in this movie. Every little message they want to tell is so neatly set up. And it's, ju- it's just so like down. point A it's, to point B. Oh, it literally, it is a road trip movie. And it just, you know, you know yeah. from the first bloody scene what the main characters, what their journey is. They're going to learn a bit about themselves off each other and this whole. There's even the, the typical scene in the rain. There's a few scenes in the rain. No, no. There's this scene. They pull over, they get out, and they have their Oscar scene in the rain. Mahershal Ali d- pulls his heart out in this scene, and then they just get back in the car. It's like, that's the only reason they're going out of the car was for this scene. <laughs> this this is the one on the Oscar reel. You'll see. Uh, on the night, you'll see it. I mean, it's talk about Oscars. These performances, I feel like Mahershal Ali is a really, really strong actor. Really, really great. And he plays this, he plays a different character here. He's much more subdued than I have normally stoic. seen him. Stoic. Uh, is he stoic? Yeah, I think so. I'm not that's sure that's the right it. word. Um, but Viggo Mortensen is, he, f- 
he loses himself. He's in so this. good. He he's is, actually really good. In this he's role. fantastic as yeah. playing this, you know, Italian. Basically, yeah, you're bringing my balls. <laughs> yeah, it's it's full on Italian. Yeah, he's really it's, good. It's great. Yeah, like you sort of watch it, you're like, how is this guy not actually Italian? Like he's <laughs> he's so good at it. And yeah, this it's it really is just point A to point B. This is the story. Nothing really big is going to happen. There were certain points I was watching. I'm like, oh, something something's going to happen here. This is the turning point. No, it just keeps going. Yeah, keep like, going. Yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. It's it's exactly what you think it is. It's a very easy watch. Yeah, it's just so predictable. Anyway, all right. I believe we're on to your number six now, are we? Yes, we are. And that is the house that Jack built. Ah. Now, I believe you've seen this too. I have seen it. Obviously higher than me. Well, I haven't mentioned it, have I? Do you want to mention it? Well, you've brought it up. Yes. I mean, do you want to talk about it first or? I mean, if you want to, t- if you want to talk about it later, you can talk about it later. What? No. Let's talk about it now. Okay. Um, this is my first Lars von Trier film. Me too. I've seen. Me too. Uh, I, was- I really wasn't going to go to it. I just, I, it was never on my watch list really. I just, eh, I'm not going to watch this. Like I've. I know enough about Lars von Trier's other films for me to just go, I'm not really interested in his work. You know, I saw a couple of good reviews out there and, oh, yeah, fuck it, why not? Like, okay, let's watch it. And it was, it was okay. Like, I, I liked it. It's just, God, he just, there's some stuff in this film. I'm just like, pull your head out of your ass, von Trier. Like, I just, hmm. you're so full of yourself. Like, I just, there's just a lot of stuff in this film that just, it got grating for me. Yeah. I, I love it. Yep. I love this film. Okay, yeah, I know you do. <laughs> I know okay, you do. I love this film. Um, I give it four and a half. Yeah. Really, really, it blew me away. It had a really a big effect on me. And you know, always know a movie's really good when I just can't stop thinking about it yeah. for the next few days. I just want to talk to people about it. You know, and I go to work and start talking to people about this sick film I watch. They look at me like I'm fucking <laughs> creepy. <laughs> and to be fair, I, I did watch this because you were like, nah, man, you, you got to watch it. So, yeah. that, like- I- Thank you for, you know, recommending it to me. I did like the film. Yeah. So, yeah, carry on with your glowing review of it. Because I've kind of said what I need to say. Like, no, that's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. That's fine. <laughs> it's just, it, I found it very creepy. Yeah. And because it, it is a Lars von Trier film, I'd never seen any of his films. I'd heard that this one was very graphic. I was definitely watching it with that feeling of dread, like, what am I going to see in this film? It's not that bad, though. It's not. No. It is not that graphic. There are a few scenes that... Definitely uh, have some images that stay with you. Yes, yeah, one in particular. Yeah, one in particular indeed. But I liked I liked the setup of it. I liked the way that it's filmed with all these moments, all these incidences where this serial killer, Jack, played wonderfully by... Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon, thank you. He does does put in a yeah. good, good performance. No, he's, he's, he's very strong here. Yeah, he's, he's like, he's recollecting on his, like, finest moments. Yeah, and the worst, the worst thing about this movie... And something that let it down. I know what you're going to say here. It's the ending. Wow, really? I actually didn't mind the ending. The ending was a nightmare. No. Hey, literally, yeah, it is. But I didn't mind that. I like. I actually didn't mind where it it went. Okay. Like, I understood what they were trying to say, and the ultimate conclusion, the very final part, I actually didn't mind. I thought it was good. Yeah, I disagree fully. Yep, Um, okay. There's a clear- anyone that's seen it knows what we're talking about, and anyone that goes to see it will know as soon as it happens. There's a clear point right at the end of this film where it changes in a big way, and I just couldn't believe how long this thing went for. Probably goes for 15, 20 minutes. Fair enough. Should have gone for five minutes. I I like the idea of what he was going for there. 
yeah, but there's a lot of things during that where it's like, this is where some of my negativity comes. It's like, come on, Von Trier, pull your head out of your ass. Yeah, where he's talking with um the guy that played Hitler in Downfall. <laughs> Bruno Garns. Oh, okay. Well done. Uh, that did get a bit preachy and pretentious at some stages, but I feel like I, well, not, I feel like I obviously didn't have as big a problem with it as you did. Um, there was definitely some, some, I felt, I felt it was clever, um, in parts. And I, you know, I, you, know what, you know what really ticked me off? Yep. When he's, there's a part where they're talking about something about other films or how good certain, like, something about other films, and Von and Trier decides to start showing all of Von Trier films. films. Yeah. Are you kidding me, mate? Yep, Can yep. you not be more full of yourself? Yeah, okay. I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. That was unnecessary. Um, but looking at what the main meat of this film is, it's 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 brutal, but it pulls its punches at the same time, and I'm so glad it does pull some of its punches. Yeah. I'll be honest, I watched this film in two parts. It got to a point where it was late at night and Classic Dean. It was that was about to happen and I just noped the fuck out of it. I was like, I can't I'm not going to bed right now having just watched all this. Anyway, really, really liked it. Yep, cool. I recommend it. It's don't be too put off by the von Trier of it all. It's mm. not that gruesome. Yeah, highly recommended. Yeah, it's not that gruesome, but it is, you know, full of von Trier up his own ass isms. Yeah. What'd you give it? Three and a half. Okay. All right, from Brian and Mike here from the Amateur Auteurs Pod. Brian thought the movie was decent, but certainly not Von Trier's best. Mike, on the other hand, did not like the film. He thought it was bogged down with pretentious dialogue and imagery, as well as sloppy editing and pacing. Brian scores it a six, and Mike scores it a four. Out of 100. (laughs) (laughs) From Hop Nation USA, funnier than expected. I'm not sure how funny you expected this movie to be. But I don't think most people will interpret the film the way I did. A lot of people called it misogynistic, but considering the ending and the way Virgil regards Jack, it feels like Von Trier was more revealing how truly unspecial narcissists are. Okay, fair enough. All right, Dean, on to your number five. What do we got? All right, my number five is a movie I recently saw, Aquaman. My father was a lighthouse keeper. Was a queen, but life is a way of bringing people together. He could unite our worlds one day. Check it out, Arthur is talking to the fish. No, you don't. I was waiting for you to see this, you big DC nut. (laughs) Yes, I did nut all over this. It was, uh, as expected. All right, I give it three and a half. Didn't blow me away like Wonder Woman or Batman versus Superman or no, just Justice League. Oh, I wish. Um, Amber Heard, man. Whew. But it's it's what it needed to be. The character, I'm not as in love with Jason Momoa's Aquaman as a lot of people seem to be. Seems to be a lot, a lot of positivity around him. I like how positive Jason Momoa is about the character. He always seems like he's having such a ball at all yeah, these. he seems like a chill dude. Yeah, he seems like a great, great guy. So, I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. As for the film, that charisma does shine through. He's great here. I love... I like his journey. I like that this is an origin film, even though it takes place after the Justice League. What? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I thought it was was like pre-Justice League. Yeah, I did too. And I'm watching this film and they mentioned Steppenwolf and I was like, 
oh wow, this is uh this is post Justice League. Right. Which I found interesting. But honestly it works. Like you're never you're never watching it going, Oh, that's just stupid. But <laughs> Really? Well, I didn't. You probably would countless times. <laughs> um the characters are great. The villain like Black Mantra is really, really strong. I actually was more impressed with that villain than uh the Ocean Master. Played wonderfully by Patrick Wilson. Again, he's someone who looks like he's having a ball here. Everyone just looks like they're having a lot of fun. It's a fun movie. Well that's what you want. If you're gonna enjoy yourself, you want everyone in the film to look like they're having fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh one negative about it, obviously Nicole Kidman's in it. What that makes an automatic negative. Brings it down a little bit. Shades of uh Paddington one. But Really? No. Like that, oh, come on. Are you just trying to bag Paddington 1 in front of me? I like Paddington 1. How dare one. you? <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was, yeah, it was, it was good. Cool. Yeah. I'll see it. I'm obviously going to see it. Yeah, um, you'll see it. Yeah. And, you know. You'll, we'll give, hope- it to, you'll give it two and a half. No, and like, yeah. probably three and a half is going to be the ceiling for me. Like, I hope, hope oh, enjoy you're that. not going to give it more than three and a half if I'm giving it three oh, and a half. Oh, mate, this is a five star. No, I would fucking love it. If you rated a DC movie more than me, I would just, man, I'd be so happy. Oh, I was going to say Wonder Woman, but I think, no, we both had it at number six or five or something last year. Hmm. Or a couple of reviews here from Rob at Ghost of the Stratosphere. Aquaman is poorly made and with a lot of weird score and directorial choices, but better than Snyder's DCEU flicks. The Film Inquiry Podcast Network say Aquaman has an octopus that plays drums, sharks that shoot lasers, Seahorses that whinny, <laughs> a giant sea monster voiced by Julie Andrews, Patrick Wilson gloriously hamming it up, and Nicole Kidman in a battle costume made of sea monster skeletons. What more could you ever ask for? <laughs> well said. From Will Brooks, much in the same vein, in Aquaman, a giant octopus plays bongo drums, Amber Heard wears a dress made out of live jellyfish, and Dame Julie Andrews voices a giant squid monster. Therefore, Aquaman is one of the best movies I've seen in the past 10 years. A plus, 10 out of 10, would bang. Well said. <laughs> okay. And Sam's review over here gives it a 3, 4, 5, 6 out of 10,000. Ooh, that's low. That is low. That's that is really low. <laughs> well, give Sam. All right, you just gave your number five. My number five is The Christmas Chronicles. Really? This was so much fun. It's really? Just, it's just like, it's like Aquaman, man. It's, it's, did I just say Aquaman, man? <laughs> It worked. How yep. can you? How can you watch this after Christmas is done? I watch Home Alone after Christmas is done. Yeah, I different. watch Die Hard after Christmas is done. I wouldn't watch the Santa Claus a week after Christmas. I haven't seen the Christmas Chronicles. I wanted to watch it. Oh, I thought you were going to say you hadn't seen the Santa Claus. <laughs> it sounded like it, didn't it? No, I I saw it on Netflix. I, I just missed it before Christmas. I just wanted to see it. Okay, and it, it's it is just fun. It's one of those it's one of those typical Christmas films. The good thing about this film though is Kurt Russell. He he looks like he's probably having like comparing to Jason Momoa in Aquaman. He looks like he's having the best fun he's ever had in his life in this film. He steals this bloody whole movie. He controls this whole movie. It is hilarious to watch him as Santa Claus here. He honestly made this film. I'm telling you. Can I ask a dumb question? What's it about? <laughs> okay, no, it's not a dumb question. You know, you don't know about the film. It's basically about these uh, two kids who do bas- they have to save Christmas? I guess in a way they start they stuff Santa's um, journey like they they wreck they accidentally wreck, they his, wreck his route. Yes, yeah, they basically set him off course and get him in a lot of trouble, and he has to go yes, about right. his ways to get back on track. To basically, he's he's, he's 
he's delivered half the presents to the world, and he's it's, it's set on Christmas Eve, and he's got to get back on track to get the rest of the presents out before sunrise, Christmas mm. Day. Basically, your standard Christmas film. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah, but again, it's Kurt Russell that takes this whole movie. I enjoyed his performance so good. It was it was just so much fun, like lots of fun, fun, yeah. fun, 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 fun. Maybe I'll watch it in uh, eleven months. <laughs> Hey, I'll probably will too. Okay, we have some reviews here for the Christmas Chronicles. First one here from Ryan L. Terry. The cameo at the end was the Christmas gift we didn't know we needed. Plus, Russell's performance makes this a fun watch. I quite enjoyed it. Won't likely watch it again, but it was fun. Another one here from Kevin Brackett. Coolest Santa ever, hands down. Kurt Russell should be Santa in every Christmas movie from now on. Make it law. And another one here from Mr. Fabulist. Kurt Russell gives it his all, which was considerable, but the film felt lifeless. A series of vignettes without a central focus isn't the best way to make a movie, but the relationship between Santa and the kids was nice. The coat was slick, and Kurt Russell was a win. Okay, Dean, on to your number four. My number four, I'm not even sure if it's a movie, Bandersnatch. I would say it's a movie. It's a, it's a Netflix, like, Black Mirror original, so and it is a standalone movie, because I heard that season five is actually coming out later on in the year, and this is not part of the TV series. Okay. But let's talk about this, because I just started to watch this prior to recording the episode, and I did not know- <laughs> I, can't be- I cannot believe you didn't know what this movie is. This movie is a interactive film- Hang on. You, you're telling me you can't believe I don't know something about a film. Yes. You do it all the time. Yeah, a lot of these films blend into each other. They're all films. I didn't They're know- They're all something you sit down and watch. This film is the first of its kind. This I didn't is know a anything about choose this. Choose your own adventure yes, film. Yes, I know that now. Yeah, I know Did you, you know about before you watched it? Yes. I didn't know anything about this. I knew about this this a month ago. I didn't know anything about the Black... I actually stayed away from the Black Mirror, you know, set set up. Okay. I honestly thought I saw this one. Oh, season five started. And then I realized, oh, it's actually a movie. That's all I knew. I'll I'll check it out when I can. Yeah. So, the audience, the person watching it is given the opportunity to make decisions for our lead character, ranging from what cereal to eat, what music to listen to, to various more important and dire choices down the track. This film is so incredibly meta, it's not funny. Because mm. the story is about him making a choose-your-own-adventure yeah, uh, game back in the, a, in the 80s. Yeah, it's a choose-your-own-adventure movie about a guy making a choose-your-own-adventure game. It gets incredibly weird and wacky, but I don't know. I'm so torn on this movie because it's... Something that you could almost say deserves five stars because of how much effort. Innovative in that, yeah. Innovative. It's genius what they do. But on the same token, you've got to look at it as a movie. And as a movie, it has flaws. The way that- Are you talking about your adventure you chose? What about if you chose a different adventure? Maybe it would have been a better film. <laughs> Obviously, you know me well enough to know that I've done a lot of reading on this. <laughs> how, many adventure- how many times did you take this adventure? Well, here's the thing. Like, I- the problem is when you when you pick a path that leads you to an ending, more often than not, you are given the choice to go back and change a decision. Yeah, and what that means is it lessens the impact. I would have loved if 15 minutes into this film, I chose something that led me to an ending and, and bang, I was hit with credits. What an impact that would have had. Like, yeah. whoa. I did notice. You know, that's stakes. That's real stakes when you're, when you're, you know, playing, watching this interactive movie. But instead, you do something, it ends, and then it says, oh, go back to this point and pick something different, basically. Oh, is that what happens? Because there was a point where I, I'm only a little bit into it. I chose a path. It turned out to be the wrong path and it reset to where, to the start. 
But the characters acknowledge that, oh, am I doing this again? I'm like, wow, I, I actually thought I was just watching the same scenes again, but this is a new, fresh scene. Yeah, it is, and that's great what they did there, and it really does sort of set up, okay, are these people aware yeah. that they've done this before? But does that end? It kind of ends. Oh, okay. It doesn't really explore that element as much as it could have. It's Yeah, it's... Problem is, as I said, you lose the stakes when it keeps taking you back. It did get a bit boring in parts. Okay. Um, because often you'll have to go back to a choice and you're making choices that have similar ramifications. And you, yeah, I won't get too much into it, but. Because I saw this runtime was about an hour and a half. I'm like, oh, I'm watching an hour and a half. That means nothing. Exactly. That means absolutely nothing. Apparently there's over five hours of footage. Yeah. Because I was, when I was, when I started watching it and I like, because I'm watching it on my Netflix, I'm like, oh, Let's let's put the menu up. There's no like timeline button. You, you cannot pause it. Oh, you can pause, you can pause it. Sorry, you cannot scroll. You cannot rewind. No. You cannot go forward. Yeah, because I was like, when I when I was doing, it, I'm like, oh my god, is this going to be like a three hour movie? Yeah. Wow. All right. I'm still going to do it. I'm really curious to see how this. Oh, yeah. I know. Sorry, I know. I've said a lot of negative things about it. I enjoyed, even though it did get a little tedious towards the end of it, because I was. I was hitting so many different endings. Yeah. And I've looked up the endings that maybe I didn't hit, and there's not a lot. Like, I hit, I, I reckon I hit the majority of the endings here. Oh, so you did it a, a couple of times. Well, it was only one point where they wouldn't let me go back. Okay. It was only one point where it ended and I couldn't change my decision. Uh, yeah, which again, I feel like they should have just, yeah, gone bang and ended it. But, you know, it is what it is. I think it is amazing. I hope there's more of them. I just think it's such a unique genre. You don't have to do it about someone making a choose your own adventure. No. You could just do something completely uh, unconnected to that, you know, device. But it's on Netflix. Highly recommend it for us. Anyone that wants something a bit different. Yeah. Got a review here from Movie Geek and Proud. This film still has the tone and expectation of most of the Black Mirror series. Most things don't get a happy ending. Now we are the cause of the character's turmoil, and the film was clever making it less gimmicky with the options presented. The interface was also easy to navigate. Thank you for that. Now onto your number four, Hendo. Ralph Breaks the Internet. Onto your number three. Mid-90s. Onto your number three. Roma. What's your number two? The House of Jack Bill. Well, see, this is what happens when we watch the same movie. What's your number two? My number two is a film I haven't talked about yet. Fahrenheit 11.9. Ah, Yes. Now, this is the recent Michael Moore documentary focusing more on the the American landscape, the political landscape that is happening currently. Yeah, and I rather enjoyed this. I think that Fahrenheit 9-11 was really good as well. I think Bowling for Columbine was fantastic. Michael Moore's done a couple of good documentaries out there. This is no exception. I think it really... I don't know a lot about American politics and... Until now. Well, I know a little bit more now. And there's some stuff that they they bring out here that is just insane. Some of these you politicians... Look out for that stuff. Some of these politicians that are getting away with some of the... These people are criminals, man. There's some... like We're talking like death. Some of this stuff that they are doing is causing death, mass death, and they're just getting away with it. It's insane. This is very unlike you, Hendo. Not I was you stay shocked. away from the uh, political aspects of it. I was shocked at some of the stuff that was presented here. 
there, you know, yeah, it is it it is one sided, but you can't deny some of the stuff that's being shown here. Like it is not it's not fake. This stuff that's happening is it's real. Not fake news? No, it's not fake news. This is real. I really I I I recommend it hardcore to you, Dean. I think you need to go check it out and get uh, educated on some of this stuff that's happening because okay. it's a fascinating watch, and I really really enjoyed it. New dramas, yeah, it's something I'll uh, definitely check out. One review here for Fahrenheit 11.9 from the Screen Zealots. Love Michael Moore, but left the theatre with a sense of overwhelming hopelessness. <laughs> well, fair enough. Okay, Dean, your number two? All right, Dean, we're both up to our number ones, and I think it's fair to say they are the same movie. I think so. And that would be Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes! Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear of a super collider? You're gonna love this. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's impossible. Firstly, the animation here is arguably the best I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it feels super unique in that, like it looks like a comic book. Oh, it absolutely does. It's it's utterly breathtaking at points. The shots are fantastic, and it takes risks, this film. It has comic book panels that pop up regularly, and it breaks the fourth wall at will, and it treats the audience with so much respect. I love the meta-ness of the, the other Spider-Man films. Like, if you have a lot to do, if you, if you know a lot about Spider-Man, you're going to love this one because they, they give you so much knowledge about all the, or everything else that you, you pick up on all these small little jokes and mm. information that not other people would know and you would find that hilarious yeah exactly like do we need to run through endless backstories of every character no we don't a but, quick funny little snippet will do and oh, they just they straight away move on it's I love so it how, good I love it how they start off they, they start the first one it's quite in depth they go through and then by the end of it it's like bang 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 bang, bang. like yeah. three little things quick and just, that's that recurring game that is yeah. so funny yeah, it, you're right. It is genuinely funny at times, and it also hits all the right emotional beats. The voice cast is great, with some unexpected, familiar voices popping up. Did you know that Nicolas Cage was in this? Not until I heard his voice. I know. I was like, holy shit, is that Nicolas Cage? Noir. Was it Spider Noir? Spider-Man Noir. Yeah, that was great. And him in the Rubik's Cube? Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. So oh, that, good. That was really funny. I thought Spider-Gwen was good, uh, voiced by Haley Steinfeld. Yep. That, that was good. Uh, oh, Jake Johnson as Peter Parker, he was unbelievable. He was so good. You know, you don't, you don't watch New Girl, do you? No. Nah, he, obviously he's from New Girl. He's the big star there and he's fantastic there and he's fantastic here. He's. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would single out Shamik more as, uh, Miles Morales more than Peter Parker, to be honest. He was in a film, a little indie film from 2015 called Dope, Dope which I did see and I enjoyed. Uh, I didn't know that was his voice, but when I heard it was him, you know, mm. yeah, fair enough. Uh, he's just so vulnerable and relatable. And his relationship yeah, with his with, father. And his uncle as well. That, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. It, it is great. So definitely some of the standout scenes in this. I just sees, you know, quieter moments between a father and a son for me. It was really, really strong. What do you think of the soundtrack? They're really good. Yeah. Big Post Malone fan? No. <laughs> Neither am I, but I didn't mind the soundtrack. Oh, I thought the soundtrack was good. Yeah. There was a couple of small things that, you know, probably stopped it from getting the, the big the big tick here. I thought the, the final act got a little confusing to understand what was going on at points with the, with the you know, the different multiverses 
I won't get too much into it for the story, but I just got a bit uh, confused as to the ultimate ending, like the, the big climax at the end. Like yeah. I, it, it sort of got a little erratic, and I was I was finding it hard to understand what, where I was supposed to be looking and what was going on. I also thought Kingpin. Yeah, I. Yeah, it it looked me- weird as fuck, by the way. Like, oh, the, I mean, a lot of the um, you know artistic choices could be, yeah, you know, yeah, said a bit weird. Kingpin definitely. Did you know he was voiced by Leif Schreiber? Not until I looked at it yeah, after. No. Um, yeah, he, he was a bit lackluster, but there's there's a whole bunch of other villains. Like I honestly, yeah, I honestly wish that the villain, the main villain, Doc Ock, was Doc Ock. Yeah. Also, the Prowler was great. Love seeing that. Sure. Don't yeah, know who, see, yeah, yeah. Don't so, know who that is. Yeah. No, it's okay. Apparently, Peter Porker is a big deal as well. <laughs> who knows? But for <laughs> me, no, honestly, it's just really a true achievement in animation and storytelling. Bold prospect that works on every level. Highly recommended. Yeah, me too. Fantastic film. I enjoyed it. I'm very surprised at how much I enjoyed this film. It was uh, one of the best of the year. Okay, last film here. So, last reviews from all of you. First one here, once again, Corey Tatum. Hands down the best Spider-Man movie ever and definitely on my top three list of comic book movies ever. It has so much heart, character, and emotion. It juggles so many themes and characters so well while keeping focus on Miles Morales' origin story. A true comic book come to life. Here's one from the Ghost of the Stratosphere. We liked it enough to draft it, you bastards. Ah, <laughs> uh, fair enough. From Justin Herring, best Spider-Man film, period. Yes, even better than Spider-Man 2. I don't know about that. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Spit and Polish said, Finally, a Spider-Man movie brave enough to use Peter Porker. The cinema guys say Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is hands down the best animated movie of the year. Quite a fantastic cinematic experience. And finally, Sam's last rating here. 9256 out of 10,000. Very high. Not as high as Roma. No. But still quite high. It is. All right. That's going to do it for this week. That was fun. That was a good time with Dave, with Super Movie Bros. Lots of laughs over there. Top guest. Yeah, absolutely. So, we've got a big 29 ahead of us, don't we, Dean? We do have a big 29 ahead of us. Lots of breakdowns to come. Lots of personal breakdowns. Well, now that we're picking them. Are you going to break down? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Maybe I might break down in a film. Who knows? Lots of movies to watch. We will be doing our top 10 films of 2018 at some point, but we want to try and watch as many 2018 films as we can. There are some that aren't accessible to us yet down here in Australia because of release dates, I guess. So we'll probably do ours maybe late January, mid-February, I reckon, once we get a couple more movies involved. Yeah, I see a lot of these top 10s coming out already, which is great, but I definitely, you know, I would hate to do one now and then in two weeks watch a film that you know, I would consider the yeah. best of the year. And it's like, well, suddenly this podcast is a bit void. But we did do that last year, actually. I think you, we did our top 10 and then a week later you watched Bad Genius, mm. which went in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's what we don't want to have happen this time. No. So there's no rush. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, there's a lot of top 10. You'll hear it. Lots, a lot of top 10 podcasts away. out there. You know, we'll wait for ours. Yep. Okay. So that's going to do it for this week. Yep. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week for Rocky. Bye. Bye.